Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Previously on The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, thanks for waking up with us on this Tuesday on The Fan. Hanging out with you, KB and Andy, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney. We have Corbin in yet again with us today. A busy, busy show as always. It's a Tuesday. You know, Rick Carlisle joins us here on The Fan. KB, a good morning to you. Super Bowl week. We have a little Andrew Wiggins chatter. We have the Pacers tonight. IU Butler, a busy Tuesday here on The Fan. Good morning. easily. Good morning. Good morning to Corbin as well on the ones and twos. Mark Dyke to be back tomorrow and thank you to everybody tuning in here on this Tuesday morning by far the busiest sports week locally of the week like you said Pacers Rockets in action got two chances to see the Pacers at home before the all-star break tonight in Thursday I think could be some good news for the Steph Curry watchers on Thursday I'll explain more here in a bit uh and then Indiana Ohio State on Peacock probably a night that you regret subscribing to Peacock if you're an IU fan, and then at 8.30 tonight, Butler at number one, UConn. It is purely house money for the Bulldogs. Tonight, did you happen to see Joe Lenardi's latest on where he's got the I, Butler faithful? I, I, did, I did not, but I was going to bring up Field of 68. Had your wish. They had Indiana State and Purdue potentially oh, playing in the, in the second round, the I, round of 32 in no, the NCAA I, tournament. That's what I thought you cared about. Not a wish, <laughs> just a thought here. No, spread well, out the they, state gr- talent. They granted your wish. You oh, brought it up. That gives me all all, all the chills Where did here. Joey Brackets have them? Joey Brackets have had them, but I don't want to look. Team 65. Okay. So they are not comfortably in, but they would be, what, one spot away from not even being in Dayton. If you want to look at the play-in format for where he's got Butler after that win at Creighton. Well, good for them. It's a big one tonight. On Friday, yeah. And, and again, if they get this one, that obviously is vital and just further bolstering um, what I think is already a pretty strong resume from a win standpoint. So, again, the Pacers, IU, Butler all in action. Nothing for Purdue this week. Indiana State tomorrow. And uh, we've got a loaded show for you. Rick Carlisle, as always, Tuesday mornings at 8 with him. Bob Kravitz, looking forward to checking up. With Bob, a variety of topics we'll throw his way. And then Cato June at 9.30. You know, Andy, we were discussing a few weeks ago, Super Bowl week. Always fun to get caught up with former sure. Super Bowl winners. You know, Cato June is on Shane Steichen's staff. I think a majority of our audience knows that. He just got back from the Senior Bowl where he coached the linebackers down there for one of the teams. He's an assistant linebackers coach for the Colts. Has been that for a couple of years now. So 
Uh, looking forward to catching up with Cato here coming up. He'll join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Yeah, whenever you get to Super Bowl week, you get all the anniversary. You know, every single day it's like, you know, in the Colts, it's the 17th. What was it yesterday? The 17th anniversary uh, of the Super Bowl. Seemingly every day you oh, get one 17 of 17 years. <laughs> it Jeez. does seem like a long time. What was Kevin Bowen doing 17 years ago? I was a sophomore. Cor- Corbin was seven years old. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. How about you still playing golf? Uh, what? See, 17 years ago, I'm 39, so I was 22. I was just out of college. So you were probably living what, the life. You know, your your seventh bush light when the rain started to fall, <laughs> yeah, you, and oh yeah, you Prince got out it. there for halftime. Uh, if, if I was lucky, there's no doubt. So yeah, interested. You know, Rick Carlisle. I mean, there are a few things. Uh, obviously, five games here before the All Star break, and I, I kind of mentioned this yesterday, Kevin, and I don't mind uh, expounding on it today. I, I am. You know, we'll see what Halliburton does. And I have a couple Tyrese Halliburton questions for you. How much should he play? You know, going to be in that three-point contest. How much will he play in the All-Star game? Okay, so how much does he need to play in these five games? But, you know, we didn't get, because the Pacers were ahead by, you know, they extended that lead in Charlotte on Sunday night. We didn't get that next data point of, okay, if the game got close, would Tyrese Halliburton you know, been back in the game, would they have checked him back in the game? And we never got the, hey, he's played 20, 21 minutes. Were you guys going to stretch this out if you had to, to 27, 28 minutes? We talked about that yesterday. Uh, And so I kind of expect, you know, the Houston game the first time around was a close game, two possession game uh, down the stretch. I'm interested tonight. What clarity we get, you know, we'll try to ask coming up at eight o'clock. We'll see how much he tells us uh, about the minute restriction. If we're going to be able to see him more than 20, 22 minutes, how close we are uh, to seeing a fully uh, ready to go Tyrese Halliburton. And then for me, you know, win loss wise, just looking at it where they are sixth in the East, obviously uh, right above them. Philly's dealing with the Joel Embiid injury to me. And I said this yesterday, I'm kind of a, Hey, Go four and one if you can here. I mean, you have the Knicks, um, but, you know, Golden State will be on a back-to-back. They're not a very good team. I understand the players that they have. Kaminga's playing much better, Steph Curry. Uh, but Houston, Charlotte, Toronto, all of those games, go win those games uh, and get to four and one, and then we'll check in the final 26 games of the season. But that's how I feel today. Andrew Wiggins, his name, has been brought up with the Pacers. All those things we can get to. Pacers favored by seven tonight. No Fred Van Vliet for the Rockets. You think back on that first meeting, Andy, I know we joke about this player and oftentimes some antics on the floor but Dylan Brooks getting tossed from that game was a huge reason why I think the Pacers I I would say comfortably kind of pulled away there in that first matchup in Houston Halliburton was outstanding you would think that Brooks would have that sort of assignment tonight again it's a very very young Rockets team and now you take Fred Van Vliet out of the lineup they scored I think it was 90 the other night Um, So obviously a very small number for them. Uh, And I mentioned it earlier, if you are one of the, and I almost forgot, I I really did forget this yesterday. Uh, Thursday night is Trace Jackson Davis's lone game inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse this season, I would assume. We need to reach out, try to get TJD on. I would assume you've got a pretty heavy fan base or a contingent that would want to see that. He's been a little, I don't think he played last night actually for Golden State, uh, but for the most part, uh, he has been getting some sort of clock for the Warriors here this season. 
I was looking up the Steph Curry back-to-backs. Okay. Yeah, you said you had good news yes. for people that want to see perhaps Steph Curry later on this week. So Steph Curry's missed just three games all season. Uh, that's a warrior, man, yeah. So that is certainly good news just on that end. Uh, of the seven back-to-backs that Golden State has had, he has played on both ends of the back-to-back six of seven times. So I feel like we get this narrative Andy of like, oh, the stars are coming to Indy. They never play, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not really true with Steph. He's played in each of the last three matchups here in Indiana. One of those included a back-to-back. And then, again, this season he has played in six of the seven. Now, I think it's worth pointing out they do have a game the night before uh, coming here to Bankers Light or to Gamebridge on Thursday. But still, uh, if you know past precedent this year serves anything, uh, there's a good chance that Steph Curry – will be in the lineup for that. Have you seen this um, three-point contest lineup shaping up for All-Star Weekend? I I have seen it, yeah. Now, they have not announced the dunk contest, right? No, but Sham Sharnia of The Athletic did have a little nugget late last night on a possible dunk contest representative for All-Star Weekend, and this is not your... Jericho Sims, Cassius Stanley, <laughs> Mac McClung type of okay. name. Uh, I was gonna go with Mac McClung. Hey, don't uh, don't don't down my man Mac McClung. Okay, well, he brought some he brought some fun to the dunk contest. What do you have for us? I have not seen this. I told KB I went to bed last night at nine forty-five. Well, I mean, maybe I'll throw it your way. He's an all-star. Okay, strongly considering participating in the dunk contest. Okay, you care to take a stab at it? Oh goodness! Uh, usually all-stars don't ever no, participate. This would be in the, the dunk first contest. one since you throwing me and, for a loop and i forgot this guy was even an all-star this would be the oh first boy. all-star to participate in the dunk contest since deandre jordan in 2017 donovan I think, mitchell i think if deandre jordan was an all-star uh donovan mitchell is a great guest that would have been my first guest uh east wing is the path you want to go now I'm bringing up. Uh, now I'm not. Now I'm having to bring up the lineups. I have no idea. Jalen Brown. Oh, Jalen Brown. I I would not have ever thought of Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. Pretty good okay. dunker when you watch yeah, him in game. Yeah, but I just don't think of you know like I if I think of a breakaway, a guy who is going to go like but like Obi Toppin, he'll go between the legs on a breakaway. Hell, he's done it this year, has he not? Hell, and go in like he did it yeah, last week. <laughs> going for a windmill dunk. I see Jalen Brown. He. He's more of a violent dunker. Like, he'll sneaky, like, you know, kind of rise up and try to just go over you. And you know what? Good for Jalen Brown. Good for him. That's obviously awesome for us if he indeed does it. Um, But still, you know, this has not been the trend. Like I said, the trend is, you know, Cassius Stanley's of the world participating in recent dunk contests. We did have, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. I remember, and this was kind of when Mitchell and I think Victor Oladipo were kind of knocking on that all star. Sure. You know, sort of budding. Uh, situation. They both participated in 2018, but again, it's been a while since we've had that. But I bring up the three-point lineup. These are the reports on names. Again, eight participants typically in the three-point contest. Right now, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Malik Beasley, Laurie Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Maxey. That is pretty good. What is that, six All-Stars, seven yeah, All-Stars? That's, that's pretty good. Beasley's one of the only ones who's not one. Yeah, good for him. I did for those see guys. Adrian Wojnarowski mentioned, and we'll continue to update you guys throughout the next couple of weeks. Again, really, well, I guess next week is when the All-Star activities are going to ramp up. The Pacers' final game, Andy mentioned their next five. Their final game before the All-Star break is at Toronto a week from Wednesday. So really, next Thursday is when the activities start to kind of build here in Indianapolis, you go the Rising Stars game Friday, dunk contest three-point Saturday, 
Sunday, of course, is the All-Star Game. Adrian Wojnarowski announced that him, Tyrese Halliburton, and Grant Hill, who I find interesting, of Team USA. Remember, Grant Hill is now the new, mm-hmm. uh, was it Colangelo who used to run Team yeah, USA? Yeah, I mean, you say general manager, president. I'm not sure of the title, but one of the guys running Team USA, right. Those three at the Vogue in Broad Ripper oh, okay. coming up on Thursday night the All-Star Weekend. So You might have to make an appearance there. I know there's I like been that. a lot of questions about, okay, where are these events? Or are they all downtown? Or is anything up in the Broad Ripper area or any other kind of outskirts of uh, Indianapolis? There you go. That is Thursday night here. Again, Adrian Wojnarowski, Tyrese Halliburton, and Grant Hill. But that early... All-star lineup for Saturday night at Lucas Oil. That looks pretty good with that three-point, which I do think, to be fair, the three-point contest has kind of trended more and more stars, and the dunk contest has been more and more Mac McClung's. Um, but it looks like this year we might have a little bit more stardom. I guess they're going to do the LED. The LED uh, have you seen this? I did see the, this, The yes. LED floor that they're going to have there at Lucas Oil. Now, I don't know what all that's going to entail, but so it looks like pretty stats, awesome. It'll be like yeah, the I mean, Jumbotron like stats, feel all sorts to the floor. Of lasers and all sorts of things will be on the floor. I'm all for it. Let's go. I'm jacked up for All-Star Weekend. Are you going to every single? I know you're credentialed. Are you going to every single event? I, I don't know. Try I'm going to try yeah, to? How much all-in are you going to be? I know. I, I'm not to map go. it out. Yeah, certainly. I mean, this is a. I mean, hell, it, it might be once in a lifetime. It, I was like literally say, last time we had it was 1985. <laughs> I was not alive. I was last one time, years old. Yeah, uh, there the All Star Game was here. So again, we'll continue to look ahead to Pacers and Rockets tonight at seven o'clock. And as Andy said, the trade deadline just a little over 48 hours away. What is the latest on that? There is a rumor of the Pacers and a particular Golden State Warrior. Do you mm. just do the trade Thursday and then he stays in town? <laughs> you could. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure I'm as high on this one as perhaps Pascal Siakam. By the way, TJ... Former dunk contest participant, right? I understand. I understand. Uh, TJD played Saturday, played nine minutes for the Golden State Warriors. So he's still playing. In fact, in January, uh, he played nearly 18 minutes a game for the Warriors. Big numbers. I do want to make sure we get some Colts today. Again, we aren't really recapping any basketball game per se, Um there's part of me that thinks the move you saw from the Colts yesterday might be the biggest defensive move they make all offseason. I know what, that defensive might, line coach. I know that might like scare some people <laughs> away, but like you know, when you look at it, uh, certainly they've got some big in-house free agents on that side of the ball. But from outside of the building, is this it? And is this enough? I guess when you look at that side of the ball, uh, we'll touch on that here. On this Tuesday morning. Again, Rick Carlisle at 8. Bob Kravitz at 9. Cato June, Colts assistant. Looking back on the Super Bowl of the Colts. Coming up at 9.30. We will be giving away, in addition to our normal Jiffy Lube oil change, how about a gift card to Cluster Truck? I know a lot of people, big fans of Cluster Truck and their meals. Uh, We'll be giving away a gift card coming up uh, for the pop quiz to round things out today. And we'll do that all week long here on The Wake Up Call. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Corbin Lingenfelter with us as well. This is The Wake Up Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Call 93.5 The Fan. All right, let's dive into it. Your morning check down here on The Fan. Reminder, Rick Carlisle will join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Bob Kravitz and I'm Kato June going to join us at 9.30. Pacers tonight. Uh, coverage right here on The Fan beginning at 6.30. Hosting the Houston Rockets. Halliburton and Jalen Smith. KB, both questionable for this game. Everyone else good to go. You mentioned it was a seven, uh, what about seven, seven and a half point spread. Uh, that I find that to be an interesting one as well. But it's Pacers and Rockets tonight. Like I said, I love I'd love to see the Pacers go 4-1 and one in these final five games before the All-Star break. Yeah, and I mentioned the op- opening segment. Dylan Brooks tossing the first game. <laughs> 22 minutes uh, in that game. Out injured uh, midway through that first game. I, 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 You get Dylan Brooks in your head, and you just assume he gets tossed from every game there. But, yeah, he <laughs> but left. You've, you fooled me, and Corbin had I no know, idea I was either. Like, well, no, I got, just went along with it. Oh, okay. He got yeah. ejected from the preseason <laughs> game with the Pacers. Uh, again, a lot of it is very confusing when it comes to that man, and Coach K scolded him sternly yes, he did. for that afterwards. So, yeah, 7 o'clock tonight. It is a young Rockets team. Again, no Fred Van Vliet. And then coming up on Thursday, that will be – Steph Curry and the Warriors. Again, some good news on that front. If you look at the back-to-backs this year for Golden State, they've had seven of them. Steph Curry has participated in both ends of the back-to-back in six of the seven. All right, tonight in the Hoops World Collegiately over in Columbus, it will be Jack Collinsworth and Robbie Hummel on the call for Peacock. Does Robbie Hummel do every Big Ten game? I mean, it's a good paycheck, brother. And he does so a yes, very nice job. He's like, give me every Big Ten game. It's a very nice paycheck for Robbie Hummel. Ohio State, five and a half point favorites. I would say, Andy, two of the biggest, maybe the biggest disappointments in the Big Ten this sure. season would qualify as these two teams. Ohio State has won one of its of its past eight games. That was a home game against Penn State. You think back on the first meeting. We didn't really discuss it because it was the same day as Colts and Texans. That was arguably IU's finest 40 minutes of the season. Well, it was. At the time, it was a quad one win. At the time. Johnson was great in that game. Malik Renew was good. C.J. Gunn had 10 points off the bench. And boom, we're a month later. And it's like, man, none of those things you could really imagine outside of Renew. And obviously, we'll see about Xavier Johnson. That elbow injury day-to-day was what Mike Woodson said pregame. Uh, on Saturday, no update since. Um, so again, seven o'clock tonight. Indiana five and a half point underdog. Butler a fourteen and a half point underdog. You think back to their first meeting. Again, they're at UConn tonight. Andy, they had a halftime lead. They scored eighty-one in that game. That's the most UConn has given up all season long. Now again, on the road's a different animal. We'll see about Posh Alexander uh, if he can get back in the lineup for Butler after their big win in overtime on Friday. Uh, but again, if you look at some of the latest bracketology, it seems like they're right there, man. They are right they're there, right and there. probably on the right side of the bubble heading into tonight. And tonight's one of those games where it will have no negative impact if you lose it. Strictly house money for Butler before they return home for three straight. A couple other notes. Uh, We wanted Indiana State to be inside the top 25. Mm, They came up just short. Now, 53 votes in the AP. They were behind St. Mary's and TCU for others receiving votes. 45 votes in the coaches poll, or as I call the SID poll. Uh, They were just behind St. Mary's. Uh, Quickly as well, Kansas on the road at Kansas State last night. Kansas State and Jerome Tank, they got the win last night. 75-70. And then I don't know if you happen to see this at all. Virginia 
starting to play better basketball. They beat Miami last night, but no one cares about, you know, that other than Miami scored 38 points last night. You want to talk about disappointments this season. That, They're right at the list. That top. was like a Miami team that I know no doubt. I, I They're top long, 10. of course, with the Pacers, but they brought back a lot. No, they're top 10 year. team. They're, they're preseason top 10, and, and, you know, they've just fallen apart, and that's obviously the least amount of points they've scored in the game in the ACC. Again, 38 points. One other note, your boy, Bill O'Brien. Head coach of the Boston College is this football team. Well, that's the way it's trending. Yeah, that's the so way that it's trending. So that means Ryan Day is looking for a new offensive well, coordinator again, I, right? I, I would just stay at Ohio State if I were him. That's what I would do. I mean, now did he go to BC? He's got strong ties in that area. I, I have absolutely. I mean, it's Northeast. I mean, he why was the right there with the New England. There. It's a head coaching job in the ACC, although it's one of the back end jobs uh, in Power Five. So we'll see if that becomes official. Do you go make a couple mil a year? as Ohio State's OC or a couple mil a year to go 4-8 and eight at Boston College. You be the OC at Ohio State. Uh, that's kind of what I thought. But, uh, again, Bill O'Brien, once Houston Texan coach, could easily be the next head coach there at Boston College. Will your Giants be playing in Brazil on the first Friday night no. of the 2024 season? Did you see this news item yesterday? Uh, the I saw Eagles the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Will yeah, have I saw a it. home game in Brazil. Sao Paulo, I believe. I think that's it. Yeah, I thought you were saying Sal Palantonio. <laughs> well, he'll be there. Sure. Hell yeah, he'll be if there. If it's an Eagles game. He goes everywhere. He no, goes the, to the bathroom with Jalen Hurts. The, the Giants usually open up with the Dallas Cowboys, and they start 0-1 on the season. Uh, Ten years in a row, it Friday feels like. night football will get, so So we're going to have, what, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday to open up the season? Yeah, let's go. I have no problem with it. Let's go. So I'm that, already looking forward to it. That was announced yesterday, <laughs> again, by the NFL. The Eagles, uh, obviously, one of their home games. Who knows if it'll be the Giants. If they want to appease the Giant or the Brazilian uh, fans, they probably won't have the Giants uh, be but the But that's all. The Brazilians there. just want to see Daniel Jones in action. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, all they want exactly. to see. Exactly. Brian Dable is exactly our who best. they want to see. All right, Rick Carlisle <laughs> going to join us in 30 again. We're looking ahead to the trade deadline. Just one game left for the Pacers until that. It'll be tonight with the Rockets. We'll see if there's any update on Tyrese Halliburton. He is officially listed as questionable. He That's is, yes. been the trend here over this you know, load management, however you want to describe it. Injury management is probably the better way to phrase it. Uh, so we'll see exactly if Rick wants to share any sort of minute restriction for Tyrese tonight. But on the other side, let's focus on a little Colts conversation. I think some Shane Steichen comments that at least I certainly agree with. I think Colts fans should as well. And we saw a move by the Colts yesterday. Will this be the biggest defensive move they make? All- Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Off season, we'll chat about that next. 
All right, back at it, hanging out with you in the drivehuber.com studios, KB and Andy. It is the fan. It is the wake-up call on this Tuesday. Reminder, Rick Carlisle going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, coming up in about 30 seconds, we have a Shane Sykin clip, and also the Colts did something defensively. I was just going to bring this up, and I would hate to be the one that breaks the news if you're just waking up and you're uh, tuning into us. Me and Corbin had a conversation. I think Corbin was bothered by this, and I'm sure many people are. Toby Keith passed away at so- just 62 years old. Yeah. I guess late last night. Stomach cancer. Is that right, Corbin? Yeah. He's been battling it for, I think it was 23. He came out and said he had it, but yeah, it's been a few years. And I guess he performed not too long ago, Corbin said, and the thought was he might be getting a little bit better with it. And uh, so he passed away just 62 years old. That's so young. Yeah. Terrible. So many iconic songs for Toby Keith. We'll um, continue to update you guys next week, too, from a musical standpoint. I know that's a big part of All-Star Weekend. Uh, They've got a variety of acts. It seems like the convention center will be kind of one of the more popular spots for that type of stuff. Um, So we'll continue to keep you updated on that end with it. All right, Colts stuff. Let's go. You have some nuggets on the Colts. They did something on the defensive side of the football. You teased it. Is this all they're going to do on the defensive side of the football? And we have some Shane Steichen sound as well. So again, two assistants not renewing their contracts. Uh, Nate Ollie on the D-line. Mike Mitchell, their assistant DB's coach. Kind of more their safeties coach. We saw that news item. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Charlie Partridge, Andy, that is the name of the new D-line coach. This will actually be his first stint in the NFL. A college coach, um, Wisconsin, uh, was actually a head coach at Florida Atlantic at one point, and uh, an assistant at Wisconsin, an assistant most recently at Pittsburgh. And it's funny, Andy, every year when Notre Dame plays Pittsburgh, <laughs> I feel like as I like read a couple articles during that week of like, hey, what's Pittsburgh good at this year? It's always like, they stink, but their D-line is really good. Yeah, usually they're a team where it's like, okay, the lines are good, the trenches, everything else, uh, we'll figure it out from there. Now, okay. the sack numbers are extremely impressive. Uh, in 2019, they were third in sacks. 2020, first, and we, we, these are nationwide numbers. First in sacks. 2021, second in sacks. 2022, first in sacks. And it's not like Pittsburgh is hauling in the NILs and the five-star kids. I mean, hell, their best player a few years ago just transferred to USC. So uh, I think there are some pretty attractive things on the Charlie Partridge resume that you like from a development standpoint, from a pressure standpoint that Pittsburgh was able to create there. Um, And I say that this could be it, Andy, because, again, uh, you have a lot of money that on paper seemingly will go to some in-house guys. And if you aren't able to make that kind of bigger move defensively personnel-wise, do you look at the Charlie Partridge news and think, this is the Tony Sperano of the offseason for a group that you'd like to see more out of? You know, remember, they didn't do anything to their O-line last year, personnel-wise. I don't call Blake Freeland in round four very much substance upon that. So um, that's kind of the question that I have. I do like, again, there is obviously going to be a jump from the collegiate level to the NFL level, and who knows. I do like that this is not somebody that is a Gus Bradley coaching tree because, you know, by all accounts, Pittsburgh did do some things differently than a lot of college football teams. And so does that create a little bit more open-mindedness from Gus and saying, all right, this is what he's bringing to the table and this is how they manufactured pass rush when maybe they didn't have the five-star athletes across the board, you know, should we look into some of that stuff there? So um, obviously it's a group that has a lot invested into it from a draft pick standpoint and a money standpoint. Uh, Can you get more out of that group with consistent pressure? That's the big issue. You've stopped the run. 
pretty routinely. You had a nice sack total this year, but consistent, timely pressure to me, lacking too much. I just, a couple things. Uh, for me, and I want to get to, it's funny that you mentioned we're talking defensive line. I don't know, have you seen uh, Matt Miller's latest uh, mock draft on ESPN.com? Again, I don't know how much you care about these things. Everyone loves a mock draft. Come on. On a Tuesday, he has uh, he has the Colts taking Jared Verse, who's the defensive lineman for Florida State. I just bring it up, given that we're talking about defensive linemen, and it was kind of uh, on my show notes here. I guess I feel like defensively, there will be someone new who will be a part of the rotation. Someone brought in. Do you not feel that way? Do you think they'll just bring everybody back? I kind of feel like somebody will get offered something that Chris Ballard will look at and say, we're not going to be able to match well, that. The only and one I don't of, know who that's going to be. I mean, the only real one in the D-line that I think would qualify would be Grover Stewart. I guess I mean defense as a whole. Yeah, I think defensive line, they'll bring in someone in the draft, yeah, I'm sure. I think Julian Blackman is probably your biggest question of the top guys. Again, Michael Pittman Jr., Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman. Blackman's got the injuries. You know, he's missed 17 games in four years. You can't ignore that by any means. And if there's a position that has proven one-year stop gaps, certainly in the Ballard era, safety has provided that. Um, obviously, you miss Julian Blackman a ton in the season finale. It goes without saying. If you're Julian Blackman's agent and Chris Ballard wants to you know, barter with you and try to get it cheaper, you say, hey, let's sit down and watch that season finale film. You want to watch uh, C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins again? <laughs> uh, because that would be... A little film watching. That would be the leverage that right. you would have. But again, Ballard, whether it was Rodney McLeod just a couple of years ago, whether you want to go back to Mike Mitchell, ironically enough, his playing days, uh, you know, Mike Adams, if you want to go way back, even to the Grigson era. Again, safety, you seem to be able to find kind of some one-year stop gaps. Again, with Charlie Partridge, some development at Pittsburgh clearly and getting them to be a consistent sacking defensive line. If you do want to go back about a decade, uh, he did coach J.J. Watt at Wisconsin. I don't think J.J. Watt walked in there and it was, you know, here's the five-star, can't-miss prospect. They, they, they've, had, they've had defensive linemen, I think a couple years ago, uh, the one ACC player of the year. I mean, they have pros that are on that defensive line. I just, I wonder what the Shane Steichen, um, you know, when when you don't bring somebody back, you probably have someone in mind. I wonder if this was the first guy he had in mind, and I wonder there's no overlap. Yeah, well, I wonder where they cross right, paths because right. you never know where coaches. You know, one guy knows another sure. guy knows a brother knows an uncle, or they coach together on some staff. You know, 15 years ago, there's always something. I just wonder where they got this name. You know, I was trying to think this, and Corbin, if you don't mind googling this. Google where Carter Bradley played. Now, Carter Bradley is the son of Gus Bradley. I thought it was, was it South Alabama? South Alabama. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. For some reason, I had like... That's a good pull by Are they the same colors as Florida Atlantic? (laughs) I think they probably are. Are For some reason, I like thought for a split second when I saw the move. Because I'm always curious on this, Andy. Like, this is the nerd in me. Last week, we had Ebony Armstrong on the All-Star Committee. Uh, director of events, I'm like, okay, how did you get this job? I'm always fascinated by like how these people get into these positions. LinkedIn. And, <laughs> exactly. And the teamwork a good, online. A good resume. And then, you know, where the overlap is, and I brought up Carter Bradley, Gus's son. We just saw him in the Senior Bowl. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Charlie Partridge was the head coach at FAU. Did he recruit Carter Bradley? Is that, you know, am I grasping at straws here? Clearly I am because it was South Alabama and not Florida Atlantic, but I would just say this. One thing I would, you know, ask of, you know, Gus Bradley now is, you know, be open minded to Charlie Partridge. And Gus strikes me as a dude that would be that. 
Uh, but remember, the linebackers coach and Richard Smith, the DBs coach and Ron Milas, those are Gus dudes. Those are his guys, Those right. have been with sure. him throughout all these prior stops. The new fresh blood is Charlie Partridge. Now, again, he's never coached at the NFL, but the college resume is strong. Is there an open-mindedness to listening to that for some consistent pressure? So, again, that uh, really probably the biggest Colts news item we've had here in about a month. Uh, that news, Charlie Partridge said his goodbyes to the Pitt family and Pat Narduzzi yesterday on Twitter. Uh, it's it's so difficult An to say goodbye in Pittsburgh to uh, Pat Narduzzi and the uh, half-empty stadium that he they play Notre in there. Dame, Pat Narduzzi. <laughs> Who do, what, do you, what do you read up on? Is it pantherlair.com when you get ready for these Notre Dame-Pittsburgh matchups? Well, you know. I, is I, that what it is? Pantherlair? I to Notre Dame site okay. and they do the little, hey. <laughs> the crossover, know yeah, the enemy. Is that, that the what they call insider it? insider preview. <laughs> By the there. way, I didn't. Uh, it was someone with on three who I, I actually didn't know in court but I did not send you this sound. I did not dub it over. But there was a minute on the internet of how Marcus Freeman is making Notre Dame cool again. And I thought, do I want to dub this over or with uh, Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, I was thinking, or is that a June or July? Uh, perhaps uh, early August sports I don't want talk the blood radio. flowing too early in the morning here. <laughs> I about to say. Uh, I want to cue up the Shane Sykin clip. This was from uh, Chris Long's podcast. Obviously, Chris Long, longtime Eagle um, he is, you know, I, I forget exactly what the podcast is called, Green Heights or Green something or other. But Shane Sykin, you know, coached in Philly and Chris Long was there. Green Light Podcast. Green Light. Yes. I was thinking Green Heights for some reason. Sounds like an apartment complex. What, yeah, what is, what is, what, yeah, what is Green Heights? Is yeah, that an elementary nothing. school you went to or yeah, something? Absolutely. I don't know. Zionsville <laughs> Eagle student section or something. Uh, Shane Sykin, though, got asked, and obviously this has been the popular topic post-NFC title game. What is your thoughts on analytics? How do you incorporate that from a play-calling, decision-making standpoint? Um, Certainly actions speak louder than words when it comes to that, Andy. But if I was going off of words, I think the clip you're about to hear from Shane Steichen, I could not agree with more in how you should, in my opinion, utilize analytics when it comes to, again, play-calling and just overall decision-making within a game. Again, Shane Steichen on analytics with the Chris Long podcast. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. There, there are charts and shoot. Yeah, I listen to them and stuff, but you also got to feel the game. You know, you got to yeah. feel the game. What's the score? Shoot. Is this a time to go for it on fourth down or shoot? This is a time to kick a field goal and go up two scores. You know, you got to feel the game, feel the defense is playing, feel the offense is playing. You know, if you're rolling uh, in the game and you're in the second, third quarter and you feel good about the call and you're rolling and you got confidence in it and it's fourth and four at whatever the, you know, 44-yard line and you feel good about it, great, go for it. You know what I mean? And obviously it's all, it's about results too, right? You go for it and you make it, it's it's great. You know, and you don't, obviously it's like, shoot, should they have punted there? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but you got to have a philosophy and what you believe in. But I also do believe in – you know, the flow of the game and, and playing in the moment a little bit as as the drive's getting going, you know, you're kind of having those conversations, looking at the scoreboard. Hey, shoot, if we get in this situation, hey, we're probably a go here. But if we get in this situation and we're down in there, shoot, let's take the points. Look at the scoreboard. Shoot, we'll go up two scores. Let's 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 take the points. You are cackling. Okay, so we are going to have to make this. Mark Dighton, you're not here. I like what I'm hearing no, there. I listen, the, the material, I like what I'm hearing. It it might be the opposite of kind of what Dan Campbell did in, this, in, in the uh, NFC Championship game. That would be one takeaway. The other takeaway would be he says shoot so many times. I know. It feels Sh- like it. Steichen sounds like an SEC coach when wow. he's saying these things. Sounds and like he's he had not. a child with Philip Rivers. <laughs> and that, and that's he does. We are going to have to start cutting these out. 
and putting a montage together of him saying shoot. So no other shows. No, JMV, listen to me. Queer and company, we're doing this in the mornings, okay? We're going to have, Mark, this is going to be added to the workload. We're going to have to do this. But in all seriousness, it's exactly what you want to hear. Now, again, go ahead. Actions speak louder than words. And I would argue the fourth and one attempt is not necessarily following those words because, in my opinion, game flow. Uh, confidence in players, whatever else you want to describe it, Shane says that matters. I don't think he took that enough into consideration that Gardner Minshew was having one of the worst games of his entire career up until that point. Tyler Goodson hadn't touched the ball. He was as <laughs> right. cold as blue Right at that point there uh, with fourth and one. The one time those two tried to target each other, they didn't hook up at all on a somewhat similar route earlier in the game. So, again, I would push back a little bit on— You think Steichen agrees with you? Uh Probably you not. Think, you think he thinks he got a tad emotional with that one or had well, the wrong personnel or wishes he would have done it differently? Because I don't know if he does. I think he might actually have a little regret. I just don't know if he would admit it publicly. Because I think he would view that as taking a shot at Gardner or taking a shot or, at Tyler Or somebody Goodson. else, right. Uh, but I, I just, I think how he describes it is exactly how coaches need to utilize that of Andy, go back to the Bucks game. Remember when when Baker Mayfield got hurt on that QB sneak against the Colts on that first and goal, and then he was out for the rest of their second, third, and fourth down plays in that goal-to-go situation. When you get to, like, fourth and goal there, all week long, Todd Bowles' analytics team has built their, their analytics chart, and, man, this is what it looks like. All right, Tampa, Colts, you know, they do this really well. We do this very well. Here's our new chart for week 12 in the NFL. Well, the chart was made with Baker Mayfield in mind, not Kyle Trask in mind. So as soon as Baker gets hurt, you throw that bleep out the window. Same thing on Sunday. If all of a sudden they're trotting Blaine Gabbard out there for snaps and Patrick Mahomes is in the blue tent, <laughs> I don't think the chart should look, Sam Darnold. Should look yeah. the same there. Like, <laughs> yes. I like So that's where I would disagree with some of the, and again, I think Dan Campbell fell into the trap of, analytics are gospel and we've done it all year long so whoa 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 patience if you are able to get a double digit lead in the fourth quarter on san francisco what is kyle shanahan's record right oh it's one in a hundred at that time it was a three-point lead or as a three a three possession lead right if he kicks the field goals if you make the field goal there it goes up 17 so that's where i think you can get away from it i don't want the analytics to be gospel they should be a tool that you utilize and all of a sudden someone's in your ear saying okay shane you know, this is a green situation on our chart. And then Shane takes that and says, okay, let's think about game flow. Let's think about score. Let's think about time. Let's think about injuries. There's a lot that has to factor in to your eventual sort of decision. But again, if you're just strictly going off words, I like a lot of what Shane Sykin said right there. Yeah, because what it does, what what it does is it combines the two. Analytics has become Kind of a nasty word, a no-no word. It shouldn't if be the end-all, be-all. No, no, but I, I think you know, coaches don't have to just coach by their gut anymore. I happen to think a lot of the "Hey, we're going for it on fourth down." is met with, I would say, nine out of ten times, don't you feel football fans, even though if they want to ignore analytics and or ignore the numbers, KB, they like when their team goes for it on fourth down. I would say the most hotly contested kind of stat that's out there with any analytics, isn't it when you're down 14, 
going for two after yeah, you score that Tennessee first touchdown. Did that against Miami on uh, Monday yeah, Night Football uh, this year? Yeah, I mean, and it Doug, worked, right? Doug Peterson did that a lot back in Philly. I mean, I, I kind of feel like about three, four years ago, he was the one that kind of really got that going. Vrabel has done that. I definitely uh, could see Shane Steichen do that. Would not be surprised if, you know, they were down 14 next season in a couple games and he did that. I would say that's probably the most hotly contested. I didn't feel like since so many people are all in on going forward on fourth down and saying to hell with your field goal kicker. I didn't feel like we got as many debates this year until Dan Campbell and the 17-point lead in the NFC Championship I don't think game. we got a ton of debates with Shane either. I, I mean, don't think are, we did. You know, a couple, maybe fourth downs here or there. I mean, the that, Cleveland game were some play-calling issues. That wasn't an analytics thing. Right. But, again, I, I think that answer, um, at least for me, is what you want to hear if you're a Colts fan. I agree with you. You have to side on more aggressiveness. I think that makes sense, uh, especially in kind of a you know scoring league and all of that. But still, I think there's a time and place to utilize analytics. Rick Carlisle, by the way, going to join us in 10. Yeah, so Rick Carlisle is going to join us in 10 minutes. Let's play this sham sound uh, just to play it. We have three, four minutes here. Uh, Now, I don't think, listen, he's not going to answer this question. We're not going to ask him about Andrew Wiggins. He's not going to, Rick Carlisle, much like a couple weeks ago before Pascal Siakam was traded, you remember Carlisle came on the air and said, guys, I'm not going to be able to answer the questions. And what was it? A few hours later, they traded for Siakam. Wasn't it the same day, Corbin? Were you in with us when all that happened uh, just a few hours later. So this is on uh, Shams Charnia. This is on his podcast. And now I I cut this about 30 seconds, KB, so you get a little bit of context to it. They're talking Golden State and they're talking how the Warriors, they want players back. They don't want picks back. They want players back if they're going to move Clay Thompson or Andrew Wiggins or anybody else. All these big contracts they have on their team. And they mention... He mentions the Pacers and the Mavs as someone interested in Andrew Wiggins. I'm told there's no mandate from Joe Lacob on the front office to shed salary. We know they've got this crazy high tax bill, but there's no mandate for that. I think whatever move is going to help this team win and compete is what this front office is going to look at. And that's why they've gotten player for player deals for Wiggins where they don't have to move a draft pick to get rid of them, but the players that are coming back, do they make sense? Are they better than Wiggins? Do they make sense for this group with Steph Curry uh, and and the rest of of the roster? Uh, The Mavericks and Pacers are two teams, I'm told, that are expressing interest in Wiggins to keep an eye on, but uh, I I don't think they're going to just move guys to move guys. I think the Warriors need true reasons if they're going to trade, whether it's a Wiggins, a Klay Thompson, a Chris Paul. Yeah, and so those are the big contracts they could look to move. I understood it with Siakam, and again, Wiggins is 28. Boy, he's got, what, three years, including a player option, going to be making up over 26 mil a year. We'll have more time to talk about this. I am worried where Siakam, I didn't feel like, was, of course, washed at all. I'm worried about exactly what Andrew Wiggins has left. I don't mind saying it, and to me... What has been interesting is they took a big swing. We talked about that with Siakam. If they take another swing, I mean that's good. That's going to tap them out, right? I mean they're yeah, going to the be bats off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, they're going to they're going to be uh, completely at the threshold of that luxury tax. You would imagine if they take on a big deal, and they're going to have to ship a couple guys out. I just 
on its surface, I know he's a 3 and D guy. I know defensively he would help out. I'm just not sold on Andrew Wiggins like I was Pascal Siakam. Not at all. On the surface, 3 and D is very attractive to me. But when you start to get into the finances, I mean, we're talking about a $30 million player option. Player option for 2026-2027. Which he's going to pick up. You don't think Andrew Wiggins wants to pick that up? Of course he is. He'll be in his 30s then. And remember the conversation we had with Tony East yesterday. I mean, financially, this is even if you don't make a move like this, you, you're starting to juggle some things that the Pacers are not used to. I mean, luxury tax is not a phrase we've said really at all here in Indiana. So as much as 3 and D is very attractive to me, I, that's probably one where I would sit that Like out. if you just go to ESPN.com, he is down in – He's had a really poor uh, year. Just about every statistical category, he he is down where he's been in his career, and that's three pointers, it's points, it's minutes. It's- Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's everything else. Rick Carlisle on the other side. It is the wake-up call. All right, 8 o'clock hour. Appreciate you joining us. KB and Andy, it's the wake-up call on the fan. As always, as always broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. Let's jump right into it. You know it's 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. You know what that means. Head coach of the Indiana Pacers, Rick Carlisle, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, coach, let's just jump right in. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, the minutes restriction. We know that is out there. Uh, how is Tyrese feeling? And how close do you think we are to getting uh, Halliburton back to his full minutes? And a good morning to you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good morning. Uh, he's doing. Uh, he's doing better. He's doing better. Um, you know, the game in Charlotte was uh, was good. It was encouraging. He could have. Uh, he could have gone back in if if um, if if needed. Uh, decision was made that if we could uh, finish the game without him, it was probably best. And so um, and it had, in, in that particular case, it had more to do with he had had some back spasms that morning. I think that was on the injury report. Um, the hamstring's done uh, done very well. So you know, I think things are going in the right direction. Um, and so, you know, that's all positive stuff. You guys have hovered, I think, just north of 20 minutes for the most part with him since he came back. Do you expect that number to be closer to 30 here as we near the All-Star break? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the number of minutes because it really doesn't make sense. If you think about it, It it's something that um, could work against us strategically if, if the other team knew of public information like this. And so I'm just going to stay away from that. Um but we are moving uh, the right direction. And, you know, if you take what I just said a, a couple of moments ago, you can kind of calibrate where things probably are going to be. Um, sure. So, you know, I, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, that's the right thing to do. 
Final one for me, uh, Tyrese related. You guys kind of flip flopped the, you know, starting him early on, not playing him in the fourth quarter. Then that Kings game, it was kind of the reverse. I know you explained this Friday night for our audience that maybe missed that clip. Um, and, and I know it gets a little bit more into the medical side of it, but why the flip from how you guys had previous handled things? What is it about that this rehab with a hamstring injury that had you guys changing that a couple games in? Um, you know, the New York game was, was tough because we played well at the beginning. We played well in the third quarter and then, you know, his, his, his minutes were done, you know, five, six, seven minutes into the third, whatever it was. And so, um, you know, the first couple of games, when you bring a player back, um, competitively into, into this, uh, you know, a game situation, one of the things you got to be um, mindful of is, you know, him being warm. Um, it it always is best to go from warm ups to starting. Uh, I think I mentioned this that you know over the years there were some times with Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki that we we did this. There was one time Chandler Parsons was coming back from a from a micro fracture, and you know you want to keep the rest intervals relatively short because you don't want the player stiffening up and so you know whatever it is the first couple games first three or four you know sometimes you're just dealing with early shutdowns and that's it and after the first couple of games um it was clear that he was on a good path and that um if if we wanted to talk about a shift so that he could finish games um it could be done and then you know, being home against Sacramento, um, we had the conversation with Tyrese, the medical staff, and we just decided that uh, to to make the change. Uh, we have you know the practice court or the fever court, which is right near our locker room at Gamebridge, where he could warm up um, before going into the game. Essentially, cutting the game from 48 minutes to 36, which you know on whatever the the minutes. Uh, number was, you know, you, you didn't have to deal with um, limitations on finishing. So um, the irony in that one is that uh, it was just a wanky night. I mean, we, you know, all of a sudden before the game, um, Turner and Smith were out, and that really put us up against it with our bigs. And it just, you know, we just didn't play a good game. And so, you know, I suppose that's one of the reasons people were talking about it. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Fannies on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton made my partner Kevin Bowen very nervous in the third quarter the other night. He uh, he had the dunk and then he faked like he pulled the hamstring. Did you happen to see that, Coach? Because on TV they went to break and we all sat there for two minutes. We were worried if he actually re-aggravated the hamstring injury. Did you happen to see that? Uh, yeah, I, not really. I... I... I saw that there was a, a reaction on the bench, um, but I, I didn't know exactly what was going on. So like I was looking, you scared us. I was looking at what was going on in the game, sure, and, and, and stuff. So, but I did hear about it. Um, Be grateful you didn't see it live, then. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Rick Garlot with us. I had to ask you about it. It's something we uh, we discussed yesterday. How different, I don't know if difficult or different what the exact word is, for the other players that know Halliburton is on a minute restriction, uh, and that may grow here in the in the next couple games. How different is it for them? I mean, they played without him, but he's been out a, a full game. Now you get him for maybe 20, 22 minutes. How difficult or different is that for the other uh, for the other cast there? It just depends. You, you've got to you've got to talk about the plan ahead of time with your guys. Um, it, it's just you know, yeah, the other thing about the Sacramento game was you know we decided to start Matherin and um, McConnell because those guys were fresh. Uh, neither had played the previous game. Uh, I think Matherin had missed two games, and yeah, it just. Some some things you you um, game plan out, you look at. Um, they seem to make sense. And in that case, you know, we actually won the first quarter against Sacramento, and then got beat pretty bad in the last three. So that's one we just want to forget about. And um, you know, we had a pretty good game against Charlotte, and you know, we've got a couple of home games here before we go back on the road before the break, and these are obviously big ones. Yeah, Rockets tonight, Warriors Thursday, five games to go until the All-Star break. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, I continue to be beyond impressed by Aaron Neesmith. Uh, last couple of weeks, averaging 17-7 and seven for you, a couple of assists, and that doesn't even consider great, great shooting numbers and the responsibility that you give him on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, when did it kind of hit you that he could handle all of this because this is I mean this is a lot that you're giving him and yet he seems to be handling it quite well yeah he's a he's a terrific kid you know um got great family he's you know he's from Charleston South Carolina you know which is near near where we um have our place in the summertime so you know when we traded for him um it was only about a 20 minute ride to go to Porter Gout and hang out with him in the gym and spend time with him get to know him uh, last year, you know, I went to his basketball camp. He has a free basketball camp for kids in Charleston. It's really cool. And so he's just he's, he's about all the right stuff. Um, the opportunity to come here has, has been career-changing for him, obviously. Uh, last year, he earned the position of starting four. Um, this year, Christmas time, when we decided that, you know, we needed to get bigger, we needed to get better rebounding, we needed to get more physical, him going from four to three made sense. And so he, he's jumped on that opportunity and, and done very well with it also. So very happy for him. You know, you just can't be happy enough for, for people that have, you know, a pure heart about the game and and work hard and and just, uh, you know, are, are just high character type Type guys. Rick Carlisle joining us here, head coach of the Indiana Pacers on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Pacers and Rockets tonight, 6.30, our coverage beginning tonight on the fan. Coach, Andrew Nemhard moves to the starting lineup. You talked about that last game. Why the move to the starting lineup, and ultimately, what's he going to bring you moving to the starting five? Well, defense and playmaking. Um, you know, we really... <laughs> We've got to continue to stress defense. Um, you know, offensively, we've we've got some pretty good tools, and we know we can score. But uh, to really just 
put all your all your eggs in a basket on on the offensive end is 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 not sustainable in the NBA. Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get hit for too many 140 point games, which we have. And so, you know, since Christmas, we've we've really made the the shift mentally, and we we've, we've re- restructured our our practices and our preps. Um, it's all geared toward defense first. Um, Nimhart is probably our best on the ball defender in ball screens. Um, so he can guard the point guard at the beginning of games. You know, we can, we can move Tyrese around to different matchups. Um, but we challenged Tyrese and, and everybody else on the team that, that we, we've all got to raise our level at that end. And so I think for the month of January, you know, we ended up 20th in the NBA in defense up from 30th. So that's you know jumping ten spots is 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 good. It's 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 a significant change. I think if, if you went back to Christmas, you know, it would probably be slightly better than that. But we've got to stay on that. Um, a lot of what we're doing with building the club has to do with uh, who can guard what positions and being able to guard your own position. And so, you know, that's where we are right now. It doesn't mean we're going to start them tonight, but. Um, and more breaking news from this uh, show that everybody's excited about, he probably will. Look at that. There we go. The weekly breaking news nugget from Rick Carlisle. Coach is coming through, and we appreciate it on a Tuesday. in the sounder (laughs) after we are done. Uh, Rick Carlisle with us here. Pacers Rockets coming up tonight, 7 o'clock from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Coach, trade deadline Thursday at 3. You expect any more activity from your team? Well, I (laughs) – I always say the same thing is that trade deadline is usually a a lot of talk and very, you know, little action when it comes right down to it, kind of league wide. So um, I suppose something could happen. I'm not overly um, convinced that that it will. Uh, We like our team and uh, I'm very comfortable playing it out with, the group that we have. And so, you know, we'll see what happens, but um, I certainly expected the question, but uh, it's kind of my answer every year and it kind of seems to go to form. How have you seen, um, it's been a varied role lately. He's in a bit of a slump. His resume speaks for itself as an NBA shooter, but how have you seen uh, Buddy Heald handle this contract year for him in the in the recent slump, is there anything you do with him uh, to try and get him going? Keep pumping him up. You know, he's uh, you said it. He's historic. He's historically great at what he does. And guys like him, they they get to, they get to that level for a reason. They put in the work. They have the belief. And it's just it's just a matter of time before they're going to have a big game and bust out. So. Uh, no concerns there. Um, you know, it's it's been up and down. I I've started him the majority, the you know vast majority of the time. Um, but as we've as we've moved things around, you know, just kind of looking at different things that are, are important with developing our team going forward. Um, anytime I've talked to him about going from starting to going to the bench, he's a total pro and. Uh, keeps himself ready. And so, uh, you know, he just, he, he's going to be undaunted. You know, he's, I don't know of a player that has 
the kind of belief um, in himself that he does. And he has a, you know, an infectious spirit. And that's one of the reasons we love him. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Lakers Hotline. Obviously, the game tonight against the Rockets, five games here uh, before the All-Star break. What do you hope to obviously win, but what do you hope to accomplish in these five games? And uh, what kind of threats do the Houston Rockets pose tonight? Yeah, they're they're uh, extremely dangerous team for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, Shen Goon's had a great year. You know, they've got uh, they got Jalen Green. They've got um, they got Jabari Smith, and now Cam Whitmore's playing more off the bench. He's been dynamic in recent games. Um, you know, they're a little uh, banged up. I think Fred Van Vliet is is out tonight, or maybe out tonight. So you know that's catching a catching a bit of a break um, in his stead. That you know Aaron Holiday's played better for them in recent games. Uh, Amen Thompson, you know, is now a guy that you know could could end up starting for Vanley. And he's, I mean, the Thompson brothers are such dynamic athletes, and they go so hard. I mean, these guys, you've got to you've got to really account for them. And so. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks is always going to stir things up. He's a great competitor, so we're going to have our hands full. Um, you know, but we, we, you know, they, these games are are super important. You know, as as we continue to move forward and and try to try to you know regain momentum. It's it's been a little up and down in in, in the, the last couple of weeks. You know, with a heavy road schedule, some difficult teams, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, important game tonight. Rick Carlisle with us here, Payless Slickers Hotline. Coach, we'll obviously talk to you next week uh, as we get into All-Star Week, but I'm curious for you as like uh, the home city head coach, uh, anything <laughs> change for you All-Star wise? I don't know how you typically spend All-Star Week, but is it different for you this year in the fact that you know you got 29 other teams uh, coming to the city where you live? Well, that's a good question. Um, I my my schedule for the All Star break is is going to be a little different than people probably expect. Uh, we play in Toronto on the 14th, which is the last game before the break. Um, my uh, my mom and dad live in Ogdensburg, New York, which is about a two and a half hour train ride from Toronto. So my brother's coming to the game, and he'll go to the game. We'll stay overnight, and then. Uh, we'll go by train to see my folks. My dad's 93 and doing really well, and my mom is 89 and doing really well. Um, but I don't get to see them enough, so I'm going to go up there for a couple of days and then um, head to Charlottesville, Virginia, to see Abby at uh, at UVA. It's actually uh, sorority initiation weekend. Oh and, wow, um, that's big time! Actually, oh my god, it actually, it actually <laughs> happened. Yeah, she. <laughs> She just rushed and got it. Got into her um, the sorority she wanted to get into. There you, know, you go. Big, big deal, you know. Kappa Kappa Gamma. You know, it's hey now interesting. You know, they have an Instagram, and I I, I found this. I found this. <laughs> Donna and I, my wife, were looking we're looking at this last night. So it's you know UVA Kappa, and they so they they have a thing on their story, which is talking about all of the officers for this year <laughs> it was interesting to us that the, 
that the VP of, uh, I think it was called Risk Mitigation, had a, had a, ter- had a terrible sunburn. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, thought was, I thought that was, I thought that was, that was pretty funny. So Spring we're going to see her. Already we're gonna, started, right? We're going we're to see her for a couple of days, and I, and I, and I don't know if I would just mention it, but it happens to be UVA basketball reunion weekend. So Wake Forest plays at Virginia at noon on the seventeenth. So. Uh, I actually won't be here for um, really much of any of the All-Star weekend, um, but I'll be watching closely uh, from afar. I do want to mention, though, that, uh, you know, when we were in Charlotte the other day, I I watched the entire uh, Purdue-Wisconsin game, and you just thought it was really interesting uh, watching their team. I I have really great respect for Matt Painter and the job he does there. And I just, I just thought in in that environment, you know, for those guys to, to play that game the way they did and, you know, find a way to get a lead and just kind of salt the thing away. That's, that's an impressive team and uh, look forward to seeing more of them. I don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of college basketball, but that was, that was great. And also I, um, I'm told that Marcus Freeman, the head coach of Notre Dame, is going to be at our game on Thursday. So hey now, um, oh boy, hey oh now. boy, yeah. Ke- you've just set yeah. Kevin Bowen off this morning, coach. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame fan, yeah. Oh boy. So there you go, and and so I think I think he may come early, and we'll get a chance to uh, meet him, talk to him a little bit, and uh, I think he's going to uh, do the uh, rev rev up the car deal before the game, which is. Uh, which is cool. We had Shane Steichen the other night, which mm-hmm. was great. So, uh, yeah, so we got uh, we got uh, we got plenty going on well, in Pacerland. As much as I'd love to, you know, ask about Notre Dame's recruiting class with Marcus Freeman <laughs> with you, I'll focus on probably the more relevant topic for our audience. Do you know Matt Painter very well at all, Coach? I do know him. I I, I don't know him as well as you know I'd like to. I mean, but. Uh, spent some time with him this summer. Um, out in Vegas for USA basketball, you know, he's involved with heavily with the select team. Um, certainly is going to have a future um, as, you know, on the staff of the Olympic team, I would, I would have to guess. Um, but, you know, he, he just, his, you know, his record and his reputation is, uh, you know, precedes him and, and uh, Purdue's very, very, very lucky to have him. So, um you know, it's going to be interesting watching them down the stretch of the season. Their guard play is excellent. Edie is, you know, um, you know, he, he's he's an amazing player, and uh, and they've gotten they've got some other pieces that they've that they put together that make them um, a really dynamic team. So, going to be a lot of fun to watch. Certainly, uh, the Kappa House was rocking last night as UVA held Miami to 38, 38 points. Oh. So I'm sure the Charlottesville faithful were loud and proud of that. Congrats to Abby. Special congrats to your parents and continued good health on that end. And coach, we look forward to uh, next Tuesday with you setting up All Star Weekend. All right, guys, take care. See ya. That is Rick Carlisle right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. As always, with him, a variety. Uh, I feel like the rundown is this: Tyrese Halliburton. We're expecting an uptick in the minutes restriction. He sure could have come like, back in. Yeah, yeah. In sure the Charlotte like game it. on Sunday, that was a question that we had. Andrew Nemhard uh, in the starting lineup tonight. We'll see if that continues. Trade deadline. We can maybe play that clip coming up in a few. And uh, just like all of us, right? Sunday afternoon, he was 
consuming Purdue at the Kohl Center. Yeah, but I mean, the, high I mean did, did, he, did he break news? Do we need to send this to IBC and everywhere else? The Marcus Freeman's going to be in the house on, it on up. Thursday. I mean, you got to be there, don't you? I mean, you got to be there. Shine I don't, the what, car before, yeah. maybe. What do you help have going on, on the car? Yeah, what do you, yeah. What do you got going on on Thursday? Just be Anything? A, a Pacers intern for Thursday night. <laughs> Happily volunteer. Who's this guy that keeps following? Who's this Anything tall guy that do? keeps following me around? And, and I'll have to go back and listen to that audio. But the Matt Painter having a a a role or an assistant coach gig on the Olympic staff, I think that would check out based off how they've typically handled that staff in recent Olympic cycles. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we've had like a Mark Few, Jay Wright. Does that sound right? On like the last couple of iterations of Team USA? It, it, it does. I know Bayheim was involved Bayheim, before he yeah, walked away. Uh-huh. Uh, was Tony Bennett? I, I I don't know if I just have Virginia on my mind because we just talked to I mean, Coach hell, there. I, but part I of me can't thought re- Brad Stevens was involved, but that might have been more when he was with the Celtics there. But... Uh, that would be an awesome opportunity for Matt Painter if, indeed, uh, Greg Popovich, of course, head coach for Team USA here coming up this cycle, right? Or is it Kerr? Uh, okay, so Steve Kerr is going to be the head coach. Kerr, yeah. Uh, assistants, Eric Spolstra, Mark Few. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing now. This is back. This would have been. This would have been going into the event. What this past that was the off, World Cup, yeah, the Halliburton past off season. Yeah. Sure. So obviously that stuff will be announced here coming up this summer again. Halliburton already announced to the pool of of candidates. But you're right. I mean Popovich guys. obviously. Kerr's been on it. Uh, Villain. Uh, um, Jay Wright you mentioned's been on it. Uh, I'm blanking. Who's the Who's the Celtics coach who got fired last year? Um, Oh goodness, I'm blanking. Who's now? Who's now the? Who's now the coach in oh. Houston? Oh, I'm just completely blanking uh, on it. Yeah, Ty Lue's been a part of it, so that'd be great. If Matt Painter could be a part of it. Now you might you might have a Matt Painter against Zach Eady at some point in that, right? I'd be fine with, with Zach that. Eady I got no problem. Team Canada here coming up this summer. As always, great stuff with Rick Carlisle. That'll be up on the podcast. Uh, it's a busy night of hoops here in the state. Let's uh, hit a morning checkdown. Obviously, Pacers tonight hosting the Rockets, 6.30, our pregame coverage right here on the fans, 7 o'clock tip-off there, and Gamebridge, Halliburton, sounds like maybe an uptick in minutes, especially uh, if they need it. He's questionable right now, Jalen Smith as well. Everyone else should be good to go. Andrew Nemhard will get the start there, second straight game there. Should mention as well, give me a swoosh here. There you go. Uh, IU at Ohio State tonight. That one's 7 o'clock on Peacock. Our coverage on WIBC at 6 o'clock. Yeah, if you go back to the first matchup between these two teams, it was arguably Indiana's best 40 minutes of the season. Xavier Johnson was really good. Malik Renew played well. Actually, C.J. Gunn gave them quality minutes off the bench. The update on Xavier Johnson Saturday before the game from Mike Woodson was day-to-day with that elbow injury. Uh, so we'll update that. But again, 7 o'clock, as Andy said, Peacock tonight, 5.5-point underdog, the Hoosiers. All right, tonight it is the number one team in the land. That is the challenge for the Butler Bulldogs. They are at UConn, 14.5-point underdogs. It's a house money game for Butler thanks to their win over Creighton. And that win over Creighton on Friday, that has pushed Butler, I think it's fair to say, to the right side of the bubble in a lot of the current kind of bracketologies that you look at. Joe Lenardi, for example, has Butler as team 65. So they are in the dance. They would be going to Dayton if you look at it like that. Uh, But they are nearing, honestly, getting out of Dayton territory if they continue to find some wins here in the month of February. We mentioned this a few weeks ago, Andy, an eight-game stretch starting with seven quad one wins 
They're two games into it, and they're two for two. I feel like but- I thought if they got three or four, yeah. they'd be a slam dunk lock. I I feel like Butler, along with it's looking like Memphis, Colorado. Um, teams like that, perhaps Gonzaga, although I'm not sure they're going to make it this year. I kind of feel like Butler is going to be like one of the main bubble teams this year. I could be wrong because I think they're going to win. I mean, they've got a great some, chance to play themselves well, I, off I, the bubble. They do. I mean, well, both sides. I, I mean, mean I, if you win tonight, you got to fall flat on your face not to make the tournament. I think they're going to get some of these wins, and I think they're also going to have some losses, obviously, as well. It matters on what other teams do. Washington State, Florida out of the SEC. You know, Florida the other night had a big win at Kentucky. We'll ultimately see how big a win. It's going to be a quad one win, but, you know, I think Kentucky could be outside the top 25 next week. That wouldn't surprise me too much. So it's going to be interesting. I think Butler is going to be one of those teams that's going to be sitting right on the bubble, and they have a chance with all these quad one and quad two opportunities in the Big East to be better than that. They absolutely do. Butler had a halftime lead on UConn. I know they at did. Hinkle, uh, it was last a Friday month. night, wasn't it? Yeah, they scored 81 in that game. It's a season high that UConn has allowed this year, uh, but Butler gave that away there in the second half. 22 on the year, the Huskies. You still surprised that they're ranked ahead of Purdue? Purdue, to me, has a better resume. Uh, to me, Purdue's better. I would, have, I would have Purdue number one, but no, because, I mean, come on. I mean, coaches poll, media polls, uh, I, I don't. I don't trust local media members in other places, and I don't trust the coaches or SIDs. <laughs> going on a media rant, aren't we the well, media? I mean, I, I just no. I think the, I think there's. If you a, don't trust local media in other places. I, could I they say the same about us? They, they could. I just don't think. Okay, here. I don't think voters. You know, Gary Parish's CBS. I don't know why he stopped. I don't know if someone got in his ear. He used to do the poll attack. Did you did you ever read those of of people that read you I know did, yeah. of people who you know just had bad rankings for their top twenty five? Yeah, that that would be it. For instance, Seth Davis had he now Seth Davis had Indiana State in the top twenty five, but he had a tweet out. South Carolina has to be a top 25 team. And then he submitted his top 25 and didn't have South Carolina in the top 25. No, just a common mistake. Happens well, to the again, best of us. It doesn't matter that much. Uh, if you so make Indiana the tournament, that matters 28th officially, if you yeah, want to count so, the receiving so votes. So they got 53 votes in the AP. That's behind St. Mary's and TCU in the other receiving votes category. They got 45 in the coaches behind St. Mary's. So they're right there, man. They're right there. I thought I saw one in the Indiana State. Um, beat writers mentioned that is the most receiving votes and or votes period they've gotten since Larry Bird. Yeah, that's um, it's unbelievable. So they have been ranked since Larry, uh, but also right here as third in receiving votes heading into their game tomorrow night. Actually, Valpo, who's had a very oh, they're terrible. Season. They're six and seventeen. They have Valpo, who's six and seventeen, and the fighting Bobby Petrino's at Missouri State. They're fourteen and nine. Yeah, six and seventeen, two and ten in <laughs> the conference there. So busy night of hoops. Here locally. All right, on the other side, what did Rick Carlisle have to say about the trade deadline? Where do we stand on the trade deadline as we approach kind of the 48-hour mark ahead of that coming up Thursday afternoon? We'll do that on the other side. Bob Kravitz joins us at 9. Cato June, Colts linebacker, assistant linebackers coach, Super Bowl champ. We'll recap a little bit of those memories with them. And I see food outside. I'm very I, happy okay, about Okay, so this. out of the corner of my eye. Corbin's I, eyes I, yeah, lit up I and thought, my eyes yeah, lit up. I, I thought I saw movement outside the studio. And then I looked at Corbin's smile and I thought, oh, Cluster Truck is here. Let's go. That's I exactly smell Cluster I Truck. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. No music.
No music, Corbin. I, I thought you were going to play some Toby Keith or something. I hit it, and <laughs> I don't know what happened, Andy. You know, you know, I know what's going on with him. Oh, Here's man. what's going on. Yeah, they, yeah. That there's the delicious. old man. So Cluster Truck uh, is in today. We'll be giving away $25 gift cards along with the pop quiz coming up at 930. We appreciate them delivering. Again, ClusterTruck.com. They also have uh, an app. Young Corbin, I'm looking at him right now. He's got a breakfast burrito. This is what happens. Mark Dykton ordered that, didn't he? And uh, he's not here today, so you get it. It's better than your Jimmy Dean that you had yesterday, is it not? Oh, yeah. So, KB, what do you have over there? You're crushing queso. Yeah. Is it too early for Boy, chips and queso? No, it's never too early. Right. Well, you, t- you, you kidding me? It's 830. That's fine. And I've got this breakfast burrito here. Oh, that man, they, it looks when good. When they sent us the email, they said, the um, was it called the Lazy Burrito? I forget the exact name on it. Yeah, Lazy Burrito oh, was one of their favorites. So I'm going to dive into it again. Like you said, Cluster Truck gift card we're giving away uh, from Fountain Square through Carmel, free delivery, and uh, pickup available if you work in the uh, – or if it makes more sense on that end. So cannot wait for this. Those chocolate chip cookies look unreal Oh, man, well. we got about 10 cookies here. We're going to have to dig in. So I'm sure all the shows uh, are going to be talking about it. But check out their app. Check them out, ClusterTruck.com. No middleman in the delivery process. They provide uh, a cook-to-order menu. It's made by their chefs in their kitchen. Uh, and delivered by their people, and they deliver all over the city. So check them out online, and we're going to be talking about them the next couple weeks. Cannot wait. Perfect for lunch, dinner, big groups. Now, we did have, uh, what was it, someone in sales wanted chips and queso. I mean, it's just sitting here. Uh, are we going to be able to not eat this? Do they know how radio people are when they get on the air? We're going to eat email, all the Trisha. food. Yeah, we're going to take care of it. Uh, <laughs> I did want to uh, cue up that Rick Carlisle uh, trade deadline Related audio. Again, we had Rick on last segment, and per usual with him, variety of topics covered. Purdue Faithful, you're going to check out that podcast. All of a sudden, just out of the blue, he starts talking about Matt Painter and watching Purdue and Wisconsin coming up. Uh, or did that on Sunday, of course, uh, from his hotel in Charlotte. But uh, the trade deadline is Thursday at 3 o'clock. Uh, obviously, the Pacers have already made quite the big move. Andy, when that move happened, I looked at the roster and thought, there's got to be another one. There's got to be another, especially at that four spot. Okay, you know where's Jarris Walker getting minutes? Because at that point he was kind of getting minutes, and now right. he's not really. Remember, he, he came in before Obi Toppin in yeah. a game or two. He checked in the game. We thought, okay, this means Obi Toppin might get moved. Uh, here was Rick Carlisle with us a few minutes ago on the upcoming trade deadline and, and if he expects any more activity. Well, I, <laughs> I think I always say the same thing because that trade deadline is. Usually a, a lot of talk and very, you know, little action when it comes right down to it, kind of league-wide. So I suppose something could happen. I'm not overly convinced that, that it will. Uh, we like our team, and uh, I'm very comfortable playing it out with the group that we have. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, I certainly expected the question, but uh, it's kind of my – answer every year and it kind of seems to go to form i thought they would make another move after the siakam trade where are you on that 48 hours out okay so i guess did you expect it at the time and has that changed yeah it has changed a little bit has it not i don't feel nearly as confident that they're going to do that i think number one jaris walker you know when he had those, what, about a week, week and a half where he was playing a lot more and was like almost in the rotation? Didn't we have that conversation? Like, wait a minute, is he now going to be a lot more in the rotation? That hasn't worked out, right? So I think that's fair. 
I don't know if the value, because he's in a slump, to Buddy Heald uh, is there. Now, the Andrew Wiggins stuff, let me just throw a couple things your way. The Andrew Wiggins stuff, I know we played the sound last hour where Shams is saying, you know, the Mavericks and the Pacers are two teams that are interested in Andrew Wiggins. For you and I, don't we? I think we both feel this way, KB, that, you know, the Pascal Siakam, I like I, I like the move. I think the move is working out. I think the move is going to work out. And again, you haven't seen this t- team play at full strength. The issue that I have with Wiggins is if you go and get a guy like Andrew Wiggins, that is your last big move. Does that make sense? Is that how you feel as well? Like this is going to be your team. These are going to be, it's going to be Andrew Wiggins, Pascal Siakam, and Tyrese Halliburton are going to be your big, big, big money makers. And I know, you know, Turner has a big deal, but you know what I mean. Those are, this is going to be the core now that you're working under for the next, what, three well, seasons? And you're probably, probably going to lose some fringe pieces. Well, you, you Obviously, are. you have to trade for him. That would be some, I, I don't know if it'd be Buddy for him. Well, and Golden State, they want, they want players. I mean, they want they want somebody right. back. They they don't want to do the hey, you'll get a pick in 2029. You know, Jalen Smith is a sneaky name that we need to start thinking about too because he's got a player option for next year. He, in all likelihood, that dude is outperformed. He's only making about five His million. He could probably so, make a lot more than that elsewhere. I, sure. So I bring that up to say this, Andy. When we talk about Buddy Heald, outright free agent, Obi Toppin, restricted free agent. Jalen Smith, player option. That's pretty much a free agent. I mean, he decides whether he returns or not. Those are three guys. And I will ask you this, because I feel like I've gone back and forth, and I apologize for being wish-washy on it. I thought, originally, you got to make one more move right after the Siakam trade. Then I thought to myself, you know what? They're kind of in win-now mode. So now I don't think that. But then all of a sudden, I've watched the last week or so unfold, and now I'm kind of back on the, if healed or Toppin or Jalen Smith, but specifically the first two, if they're not part of your long-term core, I feel like you've got to move them. And I know that goes against a lot of the, hey, no, 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 you made the Siakam trade for the next two months, you were all in. I look at it as you don't have a lot of wiggle room moving forward. You've got one first-round pick in the next three years. So when you talk about how you continue to build an ad, really moving a guy like Heald for another piece that is one of the pieces to try and move and help out your basketball team. Like he's got to be viewed as a, you know, kind of a trade asset. And all of a sudden I start to look at and think, man, if this shooting slump is here to stay, which his career would say, no, he's a liability when he's on the floor right now. And I'd rather have Ben Shepard out there than him, which is an astonishing thing that I am even saying, but that's kind of where I've been with it for the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to go back to kind of one of the, one of the things that I've always been about of, especially in this market. If you're not retaining these guys long-term, I look at it and say, you cut ties and try to get something for them instead of letting them walk for but, free. But you're giving up an option. I guess that's the thing. I mean, th- this team, I- I'm with you. This team has had injuries that I-, I-, I just find them to be, KB, in a tricky spot because you can't move guys for picks in any way. You're two win now, right? I mean, the fans as, oh, look at that queso looks good. What is happening? The little chunks of sausage? What's in that queso? It looks Oh, it's fantastic. Sorry. Um, they're in an odd spot because you can't bring back, can you? You have to bring back players. You're you're in too, too much of a win now situation for me 
to ship somebody away and to start talking about picks. Plus, no offense to them, Obi Toppin is 9, 10, 11 points a game. And right now, Buddy Heald, his value is an ex- it's an expiring deal. It's not... So you are keeping what them he's even doing if right they now. are walking. I, I mean, pro- probably. So I hate, that means I, you're almost, all in on these I, next two I, months. I'm almost agreeing with JMV on this. I never did until recently to where I'm like, you can't mess with, with your offense. You have had injury issues enough to where it scares me if you get rid of key guys and then it's like, well, we could really have used you know this guy or that guy. I don't know if they're in a spot right now to tell the team and the fan base we're going to go get some second-round picks or some late first-round picks. Plus, I'm not even sure these guys would warrant that sort of uh, you know feedback that you would even get something from them. I, but I am, and I don't know why I feel this way, I was very high on them doing the Pascal Siakam move. I understood it. Uh, He brought something. He helped them even more offensively. And I think defensively, he has shown that he can be multiple. Is he the best defender? Is he a lockdown defender? No. I would say the Andrew Wiggins stuff, to me, I don't understand. Are you with me on that? I mean, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is. 24 this year. Move that aside. He's over 26 next year. He's over 28 in 2025. And then, like you mentioned, in 2026, he'll be 31 going on 32. He'll have a player option for more than 30 mil, which why would he not pick that up as he's in his 30s? And he has had a bad year. And I just don't know, you know, offensively, he doesn't help them. Like Pascal Siakam is like, okay, you know, he brings a mid-range game. You can kind of clear out. He's got some old school tendencies that you can add to kind of the new school stuff that they're doing. I don't feel that way with Wiggins. And like, I feel like this team, we talked about this. They have one more swing in them. And I don't know if I want that one more swing to be, you know, three and a half years of Andrew Wiggins, who to me has been kind of a non-efficient player right now. Plus, and I, this might be too high a praise for him, but as I asked Rick Carlisle, we had him on a half hour ago, Aaron Neesmith is budding. Aaron Neesmith is something. He is a legit dude on both ends of the floor. Andrew Wiggins has delivered in the NBA Finals, certainly. How much does Aaron Neesmith make in a year? Is it ten? Uh, it's it's eleven. They signed a three-year, thirty-three mil before okay. the season. Eleven million a year. It's a what valuable just, contract. What did you say, Andrew Wiggins' contract? I mean, is? Andrew Wiggins is twenty-four this year. He's twenty-six-two next year. Guarantee, if you compare the numbers, the efficiency is much, much different. So when I look at it, because you know that's what you get into. Okay, if you get Wiggins, what well, what's the start? Is the starting lineup then Halliburton, Neesmith, Wiggins, Siakam? I guess Neesmith. Probably. Is he the two? Probably. Um, yeah, probably. I kind of like where Neesmith is right now. I kind of like him at that three spot. Love what he's giving you offensively. Much younger. Um, but don't you agree that they're in an odd spot? They are. Like, and, like, and like that's they, why. Like that's, they could go get somebody. They could stand. Like, you could have the opinion, go get somebody. Go make a splash with an Andrew Wiggins. Let's go make uh, a, a run for it. Or you could say, let's stand pat. Let's see what we have. And then there's the whole argument that you bring up of, are you going to let perhaps two guys walk? The thing I feel confident about the most since the beginning of the year and right now is that you're not signing Buddy Heel to a long-term contract. Do you, do you feel different about that? Because I think you were pro, hey, Buddy Heel can shoot the basketball. Right. Okay, there is a, there is, there is yeah, a priority to shooting the basketball. A lot of the economics. 
Yeah, I mean, Tony East had a, had a good, you know, you know, I, I went back and I look at Tony East's um, his, his piece on Forbes a couple a couple days ago. They're probably, you know, if you look at Turner Halliburton, now Halliburton could make between thirty five or forty two, depending on the All Pro. But if you look at Halliburton, Turner's nineteen nine, Neesmith, Matherin, Walker, Jackson, Shepard, Nemhard, that's going to be between eighty nine and ninety six mil. Those players then. You you have TJ McConnell, who's got a guarantee of about five, but he makes nine three. So I'm not exactly sure what that will end up being. But TJ McConnell's been a nice, a valuable piece uh, to this team. And then, of course, Jalen Smith, if he were to be back, I tend to think he's making 5.4 mil, not to confuse anybody. I just think with a player option, he could make more elsewhere. Don't you feel that way? I mean, don't you feel like Jalen Smith could hit the, could hit the market right. and, and the Pacers would have a, a decision to make? So Siakam, if you sign him long-term, which you hope you do, at about 43, and again, that number could be more, you're looking at, you're looking at about 145 mil. Uh, with all those players, and that's including Jalen Smith, who, again, I don't think will be back. Uh, boy, if you brought in an Andrew Wiggins, there'll be an odd man out, and you're going to be hitting right at the top of that that luxury tax. You really are. You know, the heel debate is so fascinating to me because, again, he he's in this big slump. When he's in a slump, he's such a liability because defensively he can't guard anyone. And if you put him next to Halliburton, you have one of the weakest defensive backcourts in the league. And teams we've seen, you know, kind of feast on that here in the last couple of weeks. You know, you would think he breaks out of it. And when he does, he can be a weapon for you. I mean, he's high on the scouting report every night because he's a guy you can't leave and he helps you out from a spacing standpoint. But if you're not bringing him back long term, that is a major question of, okay, we're all in in these next two months. What does that get you? Because I thought a five or six seed at the start of the year. Does Siaka mean they're a three or four seed? I don't think the standings indicate that, right? Is this team getting to the three or four level? Okay, so right now they're five, well, they're five right now. Uh, they're six or, or right they're, now. They're six they're right like now. Three I, behind Philly I, or something I like think, that? I think that's key is... Philly right now Philly's is a couple games, oil, course, but you under yeah with, with Joel and Embiid. Uh, Philly has two more wins than Indiana, but they are like you said going to have the next several weeks now without Joel Embiid. So you can get to the five. Can you get to the four? I don't think you can the way the Knicks are playing. And the Knicks beat you once. Have they beat them twice? I'm trying to think now. Uh, Knicks the Knicks and Pacers split. They've split. Saturday uh, you get, will be the final. You game get them here on season. Saturday back in New York. I just I find the Pacers to be in an interesting spot. It's like I know you want to be better at defense, but you also that your calling card is offense. You still need all of the offensive weapons because the way you're going to win games is offense. And then on top but, of but it, is it that? Come come playoff time? Well, let me okay, that's what I was gonna ask. The defense, when it comes playoff time, how much more will we talk about that? What will the pace of the game be? And then the depth is what makes this team great. Who who are the who are the guys who are the odd men out? When you show, do you shorten your rotation? Well, Shepard was out of the rotation. So Shepard's one night, of them. Right? Shepard's one of them. Sunday they had everybody healthy, yeah, right? Yeah, Shepard played two minutes, Toppin played eleven minutes, and Buddy Heald was benched. Still played. But, Still played, but, yeah. but, but he yeah, was yeah. coming he off the bench. Yeah. I, I find the Pacers actually to be fascinating because well, I think I find fans them to be are confusing. going to— well, <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't want confusing to mean I'm negative on them right now. I'm just like—I'm kind of unknown about them. 
I mean, look at how the Siakam trade has gone since. Lose three, win three. Lose three, win one. Like, it, it, and the Halliburton minutes restriction has contributed. What I want come trade deadline is clarity. Well, you're we not going. You're not going to get it. We haven't had clarity on this team in <laughs> in months. They they are tonight. If Halliburton can get like close to thirty minutes, and Jalen Smith is out there, you could even move Jalen aside. This is as healthy as they've been in how right. many weeks? A month? Right. I mean, it's been. I mean, at least three weeks. Yeah. At this point, it's it's bad luck. Just very torn on what they should do. I'm with you, and I don't have I don't have a firm hot take on what they should do other than. If you if you're telling me the Pacers have one more sizable swing, I'm not in love with the Andrew Wiggins pickup because of the length of the contract. If you told me, hey, we can move expiring deals for Andrew Wiggins expiring deal, or maybe he has just one year left on that deal, I could get with it. But not when you're gonna have this guy till he's almost 32 years old playing the way he's playing. Colts made a defensive move yesterday. We'll share that next. Bob Kravitz in 10, Cato June at 9:30. I appreciate Rick Carlisle joining us about 55 minutes ago. If you miss any of that, we'll have it up shortly. Podcast Center at 1075thefan.com. Bob Kravitz going to join us top of the 9 o'clock hour in about five, six minutes or so. Cato June going to join us at 930. Uh, tell the people, KB, the new defensive line coach for their Indianapolis Colts. Say, speaking of Cato June, a new assistant alongside him. Charlie Partridge, the new D-line coach, hails from the Pittsburgh Panthers. This will be the first NFL gig for him. If you look at, and as a Notre Dame fan, it's kind of funny. Whenever Pittsburgh shows up on the schedule, I'm like, well, I don't think it'll be very good, but another D-line is going to be good. They were top three in sacks in the entire nation from 2019 to 2020, 2021, 2022. Each of those four seasons, they ranked top three in the entire nation. First in 2020, first in 2022. Um, this is a guy that has developed a lot of defensive linemen, not like a household, you know, five stars running to play at Pittsburgh on their D line. So I do think that is enticing. Um, and the question I would have, Andy, is, you know, the dream scenario is this has a Tony Sperano effect. You didn't touch the O line last year. All you did was bring in a first time position coach. Sperano in the O line had a resurgence. On paper, I don't know how much you're touching the D-line this year. Right. Maybe you re-sign Grover Stewart. We'll see about a draft pick. It would just be someone on, on, Lewis on, on the draft. Agent. It's not a rebuild. They're not going to bring in three new guys. I, it would just I, be I would someone be they added. That. But again, is Chris Ballard sure. you know, falling in line with that? So Charlie Partridge, how much can he provide a jolt? Um, can Gus Bradley be open-minded to doing things differently with that defensive front and creating more consistent pressure? Uh, that'll be something to watch. Uh, the other NFL nugget. Did you see this yesterday? The the 49ers, uh, the practice field, they're they're uh, they're at there in like, Vegas right? at UNLV. Apparently, it's a crappy field. Remember what happened last year at the Super Bowl? That shit's like remember? a mater. Yeah, I mean, do we? What are we doing here? The NFL's got to be better at this, don't they? That practice fields, the playing surface in the Super Bowl. Come on. I mean, what are we doing? It's soggy. Apparently, they thought about just pulling out completely and going somewhere else, but they did practice, or they're set to practice there today. The sod father, right? The Last sod year was father. The Remember, he's like, it ain't me. It's the people that tried to put this grass down too late. <laughs> Super Bowl 58, we will have a player in the game coming up on we Sunday. Will. He will join us tomorrow on the show. Bob Kravitz next, Cato June in 30. 
on, Corbin. Not yet. All right. Not well, yet. we'll get Bob Kravitz on. You'll uh, you'll have some time. Uh, reminder: We had Rick Carlisle on in the eight o'clock hour. If you missed any of that, 1075thefan.com. Cato June will join us coming up in about thirty minutes. But right now, we're going out to the Pay Less Liquors outline. Bob Kravitz, BobKravitz.com. If you want to follow his work, Bob. Good morning. How are you today, sir? Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, we're fantastic. We're radio fatties today, Bob. We're uh, eating uh, queso, yeah, queso and chips, breakfast burritos, chicken sandwiches, and uh, cookies. That's what was delivered by Cluster Truck about an hour ago. So, Bob, that's what we're up to. Breakfast of champions. <laughs> yes. exactly. Great for the metabolism uh, in my in my waistline as well. Let's start here, Bob. Uh, what have you made of you know the last four games? The Pacers trying to manage Tyrese Halliburton's minutes while also trying to win games. And boy, it's been a uh, tricky situation, no doubt. We hope we see those minutes go up tonight if they need him, especially in the fourth quarter. But what have you made Carlisle and his staff trying to play Halliburton, but not too much, have immense restriction, and knowing when to play him, it seems to be quite difficult. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't understand early on during the minutes restriction uh, why he wasn't, uh, why they weren't staggering the minutes so that he could play in the fourth quarter, you know, in, in crunch time. Uh, once they got home, um, they started doing that. So, you know, th- that makes that makes perfect sense. I, I, I don't – I'm sure there was a perfectly good medical, uh, you know, sports science type of reason why they weren't staggering those minutes. But I think they're doing it the right way. I, I think they've – look, they, they've, they've survived – the non-Halliburton portion of the program. And I think they're uh, getting ready to go on a, a bit of a win streak here before uh, the uh, All-Star game. So I think they're I think they're sitting pretty. You just got to get some other teams to slow down. I mean, the Knicks are playing great basketball. Cavaliers have won, what, 15 out of 16 or something like that. So they're going to really have to go on some kind of a streak here if they want to, uh, you know, be in the top six. Houston, Golden State at home, then at New York, at Charlotte, at Toronto. Those are the five games before the All-Star break. And Bob Kravitz with us here, bobkravitz.com, where you find his work. One more on the paces from me, Bob. Trade deadline Thursday afternoon. What level of activity do you want to see, if any, from the Pacers? I I think they're going to make another move. Um, you know, it's a total guess on my part, but – uh, when you've got as many guys as they've got in the last year, their contract, specifically Buddy Heald. Um, look, I, I don't know what you can get for Buddy. Um, if you can get uh, a couple of assets, then I say go ahead and do it. Uh, he, he's not shot well. He's not been terribly good for them here in the last, I don't know, 30, 40 games. Uh, well, the whole season, basically, he's not been great. But – if you can't get anything semi-significant for him, I say go for it. You know, I mean, I think, I think you know, once you get in the playoffs, uh, he might be a guy who'll make a difference. You know, if he can get, if he can find his shot. So, uh, if you like, I say, if you can get something, go for it. You know, I see these rumors about uh, about Wiggins. Uh, he would be a nice addition, even though he hasn't had a great season, but. Uh, I think Heald is the most likely to be uh, gone by the eighth. You surprised just the slump that Buddy Heald's been on? I mean, he's a good, he's a great three point shooter. He's just having, I mean, almost career lows. A lot, some of his stats you have to go back to when he was a rookie in the league, Bob. It's unbelievable. 
it's really strange. I mean, you know, he's just got such a great stroke and, and, you know, you, you wouldn't think he'd go into these types of slumps, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to understand, uh, you know, and God knows he's getting great looks playing with uh, Tyrese, but he just has not been able to make his shot. It's like he plays for IU or, or something, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, if he's not making his shot, what does he do for you? Not much. You know, not a good defensive player. You know, a better passer than he used to be. But uh, if he's not stroking the three, then I'm not sure uh, what purpose he serves. Well, you took us down that path. Bob Kravitz, bobkravitz.com, where you find his work. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. I guess I'll start here with Indiana, Bob. And I know it's a, it's a very big picture view, but I think that's probably where the season has led us to. Should Mike Woodson, playing at IU 40 years ago, should that factor into how we evaluate it, the job he's done? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, you, you evaluate him like anybody else. You don't get special dispensation for having uh, played for Bob Knight 100 years ago. Um, Do you think it factors into Quinn Buckner, Scott Dolson, Pam Witten, et cetera? Uh, I, I do. I, you know, especially Buck and, uh, you know, and Dawson because they're old school IU guys and they, they not only want this to succeed, they need this to succeed because their, uh, their butts are on the line too. You know, uh, I mean, Dawson gave, first he gave uh, Allen that massive buyout with, with no offset language, which made absolutely no sense. Then he decided to give, Woody, a million dollar raise every year for doing what? For getting them barely into the NCAAs and then reaching, you know, the first week uh, and getting uh, knocked out in the second game by Miami. I mean, what has he done? What has he done to deserve an additional million dollars? That to me is puzzling. Bob Kravitz with us, bobkravitz.com. If you want to follow him, there he joins us here on the fan on the Payless Liquors hotline. Bob, here's what I think of IU. They're exhausting basketball-wise to talk about. It is an exhausting beat, is it not? Because, I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, they're not good this year, but I, I don't know if Mike Woodson thinks he's any part of the problem. I, I think he thinks uh, it's on the players. But you go through the end of the Tom Crean stuff. You go through the debacle that was Archie Miller. And then, listen, the first couple years, you mentioned it. Woody does some nice things. But let's be honest, that IU team last year fizzled out in the round of 32 with a guy like Trace Jackson Ta- uh, Davis and Jalen hood Shafino and the really good, solid players they had around him. And now, I mean, they're just a comical team. They don't defend well they can't shoot the three they can't guard the three they can't shoot free throws they don't have any guards uh it's just exhausting because he's not on the hot seat he's going to be back next year but it doesn't feel like there's there's any I don't know I I, I can't grasp hope. onto anything yeah any hope to say next year is going to be a lot better and then list the reasons we had Mike DeCourcy on he's like well some of these guys need to come back we know Khalil Ware and Mackenzie and Baco and those guys Gone. are going to be back in Bloomington to me, it's an exhausting beat to follow. It really is. Yeah, and and the thing is that once again, he's got two pros. He's got two pros. You know how good uh, Mbako and um, Ware will be at the next level. I don't know, but they're both going to be first-round draft picks. Uh, I would suspect 
coming up in this next NBA draft. And, you know, if you can't make a go of it, if you can't even be competitive, if you get run off the floor by frickin' Penn State, who was 10 and 11 at the time, you've got two pros. Um, that That is a, a serious – that's a serious issue. And, uh, I, you know, look, I, I didn't think they would be a great team. I thought they would be a fourth or fifth place team. But they have underachieved even – even the most humble uh, predictions. Again, Bob Kravitz, he's with us, obviously the longtime columnist, bobkravitz.com, where you can find his latest work. Bob, when you joined us, I, hell, it might have been a little over a month ago at this point, you were bullish on Purdue. You said they would win yeah. the national championship. I'm going to guess, and feel free yeah. to obviously rebuttal, that has only been strengthened by how you've seen Purdue play over the last month. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, look, there, there are two teams that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack, Purdue and UConn. And to me, Purdue just looks like a juggernaut. Now, I realize they looked this way last year, and until they get it done, um, there's always going to be that, that huge question mark uh, hanging over them like a, like a cloud. But, uh, boy, I, Lance Jones, to me, makes such a difference in what they can do. I mean, he's... He's a good athlete. He can guard. Um, he's averaging, uh, I believe, like 15 or 16 points a game in the Big Ten. In fact, uh, Zach Eady was named Player of the Week, and Zach on Twitter said, I wasn't even the best player on my own team. <laughs> and, and That's humble. True. Humbleness. That's what it is. Yeah, it's humility, and it's great, and it's one of the things you love about Zach Eady. But – He's right. I mean, yeah, Edie's been Edie's been terrific, but Lance Jones has been a stud lately. So I I, I think that Lance, adding Lance, uh, there, you look at their depth. I mean, Caleb first barely gets on the floor. That guy would be a starting player almost anywhere else in the country. Um, so yeah, I, I I think I think this is the year, guys. I, I really do. Now. I've said that before, but this time I mean it. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, me too. Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, we discussed this yesterday. So if Indiana, let's say Indiana State moves up and they're not they're not like an 11 seed, let's say if they could get up to that 8-9 game, would you want to see Purdue and Indiana State no, in the round no. of 32 down the road at GameBridge, or do you want to see the state of Indiana basketball team spread around like, you know, Indiana State, go play somebody. Go play, go play Kentucky or UConn or somebody like that. Yeah, I, I mean, for, for Column's sake, I would love to see those two teams match up because, you know, we root for the Columns. I mean, that would be a great story. But for Purdue's sake, I wouldn't want any part of Indiana State. I watched their game against Drake. Was it Drake or Bradley? I can't remember now. Drake on Saturday. Uh, yeah, Drake. I, I watched me And the way they shoot the three, they're the number one three-point shooting team yep. in the country. And that's one of those teams, if they get hot from three, Katie bar the door. I mean, that, that that's going to be a real problem for Purdue. Now, Purdue guards the three-point line well, unlike the team down south. Um, but uh, that, that, to me – does not strike me as a great matchup for Purdue. I, I you know, I, I'd rather see our two uh, teams and maybe three if Butler can uh, win a couple of games here. Uh, I'd like to see our in-state teams go their separate ways and, 
and advance on their own. Again, Bob Kravitz is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Bob, shifting gears, you are probably as close to Jim Irsay as anybody from a media standpoint in this market. Uh, any updates at all uh, outside of what the Colts have shared? Yeah, no, nothing, unfortunately. I have heard a lot. Uh, I think we've all heard a lot. We, we've heard uh, hopeful rumors, and we've heard devastatingly depressing rumors. Um, the longer this goes on without any kind of um, statement from the Indianapolis Colts, the more uh, I think you need to worry that it's a worst-case scenario. Um, you know, it, it, they said it was a respiratory infection or something like that. It's been weeks. It's been it's been more than a month, has it not? Um, so, you know, again, uh, I want to be uh, I want to be responsible. Um, I'm not going to say anything unless I have it absolutely cold. We're talking about a man's life here. We're not talking about trade deadlines. So up till now, uh, I've heard lots of rumors like everybody else, but uh, I think we just have to hope for the best and uh, kind of leave it there. You know, it's a question I've gotten a lot here um, recently, and I think it's a question I threw your way maybe about a year ago at this point. Like when you think about where Roger Penske, Jim Mercy, and Herb Simon are at in their respective lives, and what the future looks like for the you know respective entities that those three own. I guess specific to the Ursays, because again, it's a question I've gotten a lot here over the last month or so. Uh, I've always been under the impression that, and again. You never know until it truly happens, but that the daughters would have no uh, sort of inkling or desire to move and or sell the franchise. Is that of concern to you at all if that you know path ever, or I should say when that path ever uh, has to go down? Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine them ever moving. They, they've got such a, a sweet deal uh, at Lucas Oil. Uh, yeah, at Lucas Oil. And... I, I, you know, this market is established now. Uh, the team has been in Indy longer than it was in Baltimore. I, I see no, no uh, possibility of them, you know, moving the franchise or selling or whatever. But this is going to get if if it's the worst case scenario, and I, I, I don't feel real comfortable talking about it. But uh, you know, I, I think it'll be pretty much status quo. Uh, and the uh, and the daughters will uh, will run the franchise. Certainly hoping for the best, but to echo what Bob's saying. Unfortunately, in this situation, you feel like no news is not good news. Right, um, not good news exactly to this topic. Bob, uh, trade deadline Thursday, IU Purdue rematch Saturday. I assume that's what we need to be looking out for on BobKravitz.com? dot com. Exactly. I'm going to go to the uh, Pacers tonight. Probably. Uh, Right about the trade deadline, what's uh, what's coming down the, the pike here, uh, hopefully. Um, yeah, and uh, just waiting on uh, word on uh, the owner, um, you know, uh, since we just, we just don't know the situation, hopefully they'll have an update, and hopefully a happy update sometime soon. But, yeah, I'll be uh, working on all those things. And uh, uh, I was going to say I'm going to go to IU Purdue on Saturday, and I realized – I'm going on a golf trip for three days. Oh, <laughs> where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going? South Carolina, going, Florida? Where are you going? I'm going to Florida, going to Tampa for nice. three days, and then I'm going to come home and sit in an ice bath. 
<laughs> well, I was gonna. You aren't, you aren't walking on the golf hey, course, be, are you, Bob? It, it might be sixty degrees later this week, Bob. No, can you believe but, it? Well, when you're my age and you're in my shape, just swinging the club a couple hundred times can can do a lot of damage. Believe me, believe me. You're, when you when you're sixty three, you. You you let me you tell me how you're feeling, buddy. I was gonna say, Prairie View might be open later this week, Bob, with how you how the weather's looking here. Uh, but enjoy Florida, well deserved. Uh, hopefully you hit them well, and uh, we look forward to some conversations coming up. Sounds good, boys. Take care, Bob Kravitz, right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline again. Trade deadline coming up. Thursday at 3 o'clock, uh, Pacers and Warriors. Mentioned this earlier in the show for our Steph Curry-related uh, fan interest for Thursday night. Andy, the Warriors have had seven back-to-backs this season. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday will be their eighth. He's played on both ends in six of the seven. Yeah, he had a big game He had a big game the other night. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have any of the, the, uh, the nephews or any of the kids over in the Bowen family? Are they wearing Steph Curry jerseys around the house, or, or is it strictly Pacers in the Bowen household? You know, yeah, Teddy Lubbers is a very big, big Pacer okay. fan, but I do think there's a special place uh, for Mr. Mahomes yeah. and Mr. Curry. Okay, oh, well, mm-hmm. Mahomes, too. But okay. he was decked out Sunday okay. uh, evening when, uh, when when tip happened at 6 o'clock. He was decked out in his Matherin jersey, oh, Matherin. which, which okay. made his uncle very happy. And he had his Pacers hat on and everything. So, so you'll like you'll like this. A buddy of mine took his. Uh, I, I met him up there. Took his son to the. Oh, what's the Sunday game where everybody sat but the Pacers won? Like everybody sat. Memphis. They, they, yeah, it was the Memphis game, and uh, so their family they have. Really, really good tickets. I'll put it that way. It's one of the, uh, you know, very close seats, if you will. Jake and so, Query seats. Yeah, Jake. That's yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. So they have the Jake Query seats. So uh, they took him to the game, and his son. He was going to buy his son a jersey. His son's like nine years old or whatever, and he's like, I remember when I was, you know, nine, ten years old, whatever it was. I wanted a Reggie Miller jersey but my mom got me the deadlift jersey <laughs> so oh, he's like so, so he's like which is i mean he was a great player okay it's a great college tailgate it, yeah, jersey absolutely it is a great college tailgate jersey so he's like i'm not gonna buy my son a halliburton jersey i'm buying him a tj mcconnell jersey <laughs> <laughs> TJ, well i did tweet out a few yeah, weeks ago so there you go i hope that max bowen plays like tj mcconnell one day has his mom's jump shot and no, plays there like you go can i do McConnell. one thing before we get to a check down yes, just looking way, at Kato it june in 10 minutes so some super bowl memories and we'll talk current Colts with him as well. Yeah, that should be uh, fun, that conversation. Coach. Um, I was just looking at it, you know, three different. Now, Mike DeCourcy will have his bracket out later today so we can use his. But just looking at it since, you know, Kravitz there was talking about Purdue and he thinks this is the year. And we're talking about, hey, could they meet someone like Indiana State in the round of 32. So the field of 68 with Doster and, and Goodman and Phantom, those guys, uh, they have that matchup in the Midwest, okay? So they would have potentially, uh, it would be Indiana State, Boise State in the 8-9 game, uh, and then obviously the winner there would play Purdue unless they get upset by a 16. We're not even going to entertain that. So you would have that matchup. Now, Lenardi has Purdue in the round of 32 would play either New Mexico or St. John's. What is juicy about New Mexico and St. John's? Well, that's Ricky P and Richard P, right? That, that's that's father versus son. Oh, man. As, as an 8-9 game. the NCAA <laughs> is cooking with grease here. Okay. Come on. So I don't think St. John's is that good, but again, that would be Rick Patino versus Matt Painter in the round of 32. Now, that I, would be interesting. I Go ahead. I think if Indiana State wins out, that would get them to 30-3. and three. Right. I think that would get them to the 8-9 line, right? Wasn't Florida Atlantic right around that same win total last year as an 8-9? 
yeah, against I, Memphis? I, I, th- I, th- I think Indiana State absolutely like, can get up to like I think an eight seed. if they lose the, the MoVal title game. Because if you look at the guy, you know, take Lenardi, for example, right now. Like, he's got them not even in, you know, he's got them as what, a 10 or 11? Uh, boy, I have to find. It's so difficult to so find on here. Yeah, he has, win, he has them as a 10 seed facing Butler. Okay, so a 10 seed. <laughs> if, oh gosh. In Memphis. If they win all of these games the rest of the way, not that there's a ton of quality wins. Sure. But then they would lose to, like, a Drake. That's not going to be a bad loss on the resume. Maybe they go from a... 10, and then you get a month full of wins. Again, I know they're not great wins, but let's say they bump up to a 9 by that point. A neutral court loss to Drake drops them, what, maybe one seed line? So they're a 10 or an 11? Like, I, I don't think they'd fall all the way out. I don't either. It's 30 just, and 4? Whenever with you're... Two de- lo- with, with two losses to an NCAA tournament I, team and Drake I know. and then Alabama, Michigan State? What, what you're saying is logical. I just always get worried when you start saying, hey, the yeah, Missouri the Valley, go give me two. I know, the, the ACC, I, the ACC stinks. stinks. No, it's the AC. Now it's not good that Virginia is starting to play better in the ACC. They'll probably grab one of these seeds. I know St. John's is in a lot. I'm not sure they make it. To be quite honest, Jerry Palm has Indiana State as a ten playing the seven seed Butler. But just doing our Purdue exercise uh, would have Purdue in the second round facing off against a Texas or a St. Mary's. And for me, neither one of those teams scare me at, at all. Again, a lot of college basketball and some NBA hoopage tonight before we get to Cato June in a few, before we give away a cluster truck gift card to tail the end of the show. Let's do a morning check down. Uh, Corbin, I'm going to throw something at you. Can you get the Carlisle sound from earlier today? Pacers tonight, 6.30 hour coverage on the fan. Pacers and Rockets. Jalen Smith, questionable. Halliburton, questionable. But basically, uh, Carlisle, let us know. Uh, actually, let's not play that sound. Uh, Halliburton you know, is going to play tonight. Andrew and a, Nemhard. And an uptick, right? Yeah, an uptick we expect to see in minutes. Andrew Nemhard is looking like we'll get the start. Second game in a row, he'll get the start again. 6.30 hour coverage beginning tonight on the fan. And I say uptick because... Because Carlisle shared with us that on Sunday, and you know, he would have gone back in the game, could have gone back in the game if need be against Charlotte. So you would think kind of that 20, 22 minute um, sort of uh, line that he's hovered would uptick uh, a little bit here tonight. Again, seven point favorite. No Fred Van Vliet for the Rockets. Very young Houston team coming into Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We'll see if Dylan Brooks gets ejected at all tonight. <laughs> all right, uh, other games tonight. Again, college basketball wise, let's start at seven o'clock. In Columbus, it's Indiana, and boy, you want to talk about probably the two most disappointing teams in the Big Ten this season. How about Ohio State? Uh, And honestly, just since these teams met a month ago, Ohio State has lost seven of eight games. We know what Indiana has done since then. Andy, this first meeting was probably the best 40 minutes of the year for Indiana. Oh, it was a quad one win for Indiana. Absolutely. 71-65 winners in Bloomington. Malik Renua, 23. Xavier Johnson, Protected the basketball, had 18. C.J. Gunn gave them 10 off the bench. Uh, we'll see about Xavier Johnson for tonight's day-to-day, according to Mike Woodson, pregame on Saturday. And that is 7 o'clock on Peacock, Jack Collinsworth, and Robbie Hummel. And then at 8.30 tonight, FS1, 14.5-point underdogs. The Butler Bulldogs taking on the number one team in all the land. It's a big number. You know, the, It is a big number. Uh, the first match between these teams, Butler had a halftime lead over UConn at Hinkle. Uh, they did not win that game, though. 81 points they scored. That's the most UConn has given up this season. And as Andy just laid out, Boy, that Creighton win for Butler was monumental in bolstering their resume. The thing that Butler, even if they don't nab 
a lot of games the rest of the way. They're going to get to mid-March on Selection Sunday, and when they do the blind resumes, if Butler's involved in that, they're going to have the great wins. And that's going to be really, really important for them. And I think getting the committee's eyes to look at them. Again, 14.5-point underdog, that is a big one for the Bulldogs. Yeah, a couple different notes. One more college basketball. Indiana State still right outside the top 25. They got 53 votes, KB, in the Associated Press poll. They are behind St. Mary's and TCU. 45 votes in the coaches behind St. Mary's. So you see uh, at least St. Mary's, perhaps TCU, and some other teams right there. They're right there. Now, they'll have two gimmies. I hate saying it that way. Two teams not very good with Valpo and Missouri State the next uh, two games. We'll see. They win those games. I know they're not quality teams. Will two more wins put them in the top? 25 we'll have to see next week uh and then just one other note we've talked about it earlier the Colts hiring defensive line coach from Pitt Charlie Partridge gets the job that became official late last night speaking of Colts coaches Cato June certainly a lot of Super Bowl week memories I would assume for him I've always joked I think Marlon Jackson took the interception from him to get the Colts (laughs) to the Super Bowl we'll talk with Cato assistant linebackers coach for Shane Steichen as well he joins us next I've right, been a fun Tuesday here broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. You miss any of Rick Carlisle or Bob Kravitz, you can check it out on the podcast center, 1075thefan.com. Reminders, well, usually it's pop quiz about now. We'll do that in 15 minutes where you'll have a chance to win the oil chains. We'll also give away a $25 gift card to Cluster Truck in a KBU of You've crushed the queso today. I have crushed the burrito. The I've chips crushed and the queso. queso. Am I ready to do Is it too early for the chocolate chip cookie? I, I was about to say, you're going to go to sleep. That's what you're going to do. You're, I hope you have nothing to do after the show. You have anything to cover? Because you're going to bed. That's what you're doing. Our next guest would respect the effort that I've had here. Well, bring in Kato June. Go ahead. He is Super obviously the Super Bowl champ uh, currently. I guess just fresh off a trip to Mobile where he was coaching down in the Senior Bowl and a member of Shane Steichen's staff on the linebackers. Side of things, Cato June joins us now. Cato, good morning, man. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. You guys eating queso in the morning? We are housing in, burritos, in burritos, chips and queso, yeah. and chocolate chip cookies. I don't know if, you know, in 2006 that would have been allowed, but nowadays you could respect that a little, can't you? I, I can respect I can respect the effort. I can okay. respect this. It's, that's, that's, it's dangerous. That's a dangerous, you know. We're in radio. Yeah, 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 this yeah, is what you do in sports talk radio, Kato. You can go walk on the treadmill at you know, three speed here for a half hour, and once that drop of sweat comes, move on for the day. Uh, Kato, as always, thank you for the time. I know Super Bowl week kind of probably conjures up a lot of memories. I kind of want to spin it maybe in a different direction, though. We oftentimes ask about the AFC title game, you guys winning that. Obviously, Reggie's told the story a million times about the Super Bowl, and if he drops that ball, Colts fans probably have him at the bottom of Eagle Creek right now. But uh, certainly tons of memories from those two games. What do you remember about the Baltimore game? 15-6. to six. Like, to me, if I'm a defensive guy, that's, an old school that's score. the game that I remember the most of any of those runs. <laughs> the, the, what I remember most is that we kept him out the end zone. Didn't nobody say anything. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was it was a great game. Uh, you know, we knew we had a great battle, another battle. People talking about our run defense all year that year. We had Jamal Lewis, and well, probably one of the, the one of the toughest guys that you're going to go up against. Uh, you know, from a runner standpoint. Uh, but I, I just remember the, my my my. <laughs> it's funny that I remember this because I shouldn't remember it. But they're going in to score. I think they're probably on the two or three. 
Um, you know, McNair drops back. He's looking. We're playing our cover two stuff. Uh, he kind of runs a like a like a shallow over um, behind me, and I and, I'm, and I see it, and I'm squeezing to it. He's throwing. You know, he's trying to. He's doing a run spot back behind me, so I'm going to intercept it. And but Faye comes screaming downhill, makes a great break on the ball, and picks it off. So he picks it off, right, and runs into me and knocks me clean out. Like I, I'm, I'm, I had probably had no business playing playing that game the rest of that game. But he knocks me clean out, and I don't even remember until I saw the, the the replay of how I fell forward on the ground. It, it was crazy. If you wow. have a chance, to go back. I mean, I mean, completely out of it. I got to the bench, you know, I'm like, what are, what are y'all cheering for? Like, <laughs> like, no, we got interception. Like, so I think that was like one of the memories, memories, non-memories that I had. Uh, you know, just just kind of that back and forth game, but just being able to keep those guys out the end zone um, in a game that that's what was needed to get to the next round. Well, speaking of taking interceptions away from you, I mean, let's be honest, Marlon takes away the interception from you in the AFC title game, right? Oh, man, everybody had to jump on me in the playoffs, man. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't get there quick enough. Uh, it but should, it should know, be should be Lamy saying Cato's got it. Cato's got it instead know, of Marlon's got it. It was awesome because before that play, you know, we we're going down there. You know, you know they're gonna you know dump it, dump it, dump it. We're sitting back, we're uh, playing our coverage, and and, and Bub looks at me. We look at each other like, all right, man, here it goes. We're gonna get it now. We're gonna get it this one. And I, I'll be I'll be damned if 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 when he looked down, Brady just instead he tried to look off, look off. He does one of the best to ever do it in terms of looking off and coming back. He comes back across the middle, but picks it off. It's like, that, that, that. <laughs> I don't even know where I ran. Because if you see all the, the videos, everybody kind of runs to runs to Bub, jumps on him, and, you know, you see everybody celebrate. I think I ran into the stands. I don't know where I went. Like, I, went, <laughs> I was just so excited. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Kato June with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Uh, and then the Super Bowl. I know that you've probably been asked this a million times. Uh, I don't know if it was, the, you know, when you arrived there uh, in Miami, if it's the lead up, if it's the game. When did it hit you where it's like chills, like, yo, I'm actually in the Super Bowl? You know what? Me and Gary Bracker were neighbors. We bought our first houses next to each other, and same, you know, right next door, right? So we would go, you know, go into work a lot together, you know, just carpool. And when he came out of his house, we, we carpooled down to before we were going down to the uh, to the to catch the plane to go down to Miami. And he came across, he, you know, he came to my garage, and I came out. He had his suit on, and I had my little suit on. You know, it's just like, yes, there it is. We're going to like we're going to Miami, we're going to the Super Bowl. He's, he's decked out, I'm decked out, and, and that it was like one of those moments, like. Because you know, too too late. Well, a late round and a free agent guy that's that's gonna go start in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think that like at that moment, it was kind of like it kind of hit us. Like man, you know, we we done did some stuff now. <laughs> yeah, n- no kidding. Do you remember the suit that you wore, or like the guys? <laughs> now, the guys now have expensive bags. Did you have an expensive bag? Do you remember any of the swag you had when you guys were taking the trip there to the Super Bowl? You know, I tell the young guys now they be they be messing with uh, Z and, and 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 EJ. They think they think they invented you know swag and they invented this these glasses. Coach, you didn't know about no Cartier. That's what I've been rocking Cartier for twenty years. Now. I, I, I got Cartier older than you. What are you talking about? So it's like, I mean, I actually I do remember the suit. It was a 
Now, mind you, the suit suit game that in that era was a little different. You know, sure. bigger, longer. Uh-huh. We had about fifty-two buttons on. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I had I, I I I think it was like a tan with a little window pane. I think I had some lime green like ostrich. It was, it was wild. Like I, I you know you you, you can kind of step out of your comfort zone. When you when you go into the events like that, so I think I, I put I, I still have that suit. That's a, one of the suits my wife. Really, suit. you could probably they, they, yeah, you could probably you fit booger into one it's of those like, pant legs. <laughs> yeah, man, I could put both the legs, <laughs> both the legs for one pant leg. Boy, this is it's absolutely ridiculous. The, ba- the baggy the baggy clothes. look is coming back, Cato, just a little bit. Just so you know, everything comes back around that uh, you it know does, is popular again. So. And I'm so mad because I had all these like big Averex. Uh, I don't know if you remember those big Averex leather jackets, the Pelly Pelly. You know, they, my wife's like, "You're not gonna wear those anymore." I'm like, "Yeah," and I'll go to the store. I'm like, "See, I told you, I should have kept them." <laughs> I'm gonna need one of those after the meal that I've I'm had like, here <laughs> on this Tuesday morning. Right, Kato June is with us, obviously Super Bowl winner, Pro Bowl linebacker, and currently a member of Shane Steichen's coaching staff. You brought up Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed. Let's start with Zaire. I think the story. Is incredible, really, and probably a bit reminiscent, honestly, of even you or or Gary. Um, what did you know about Zaire Franklin before you arrived here to Indianapolis, and what have you learned about him? Well, before, I mean, I know he was he was naturally a following the team. I know he was like the special teams demon uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, but when we when I got here, you know, you're doing the evals and stuff, and he hadn't, you know, been a starter since since. Um, you know, since, since before I got here. Uh, so just seeing, you know, a guy that's a, one, if, if he's a special teams captain, he's got some stuff to him, right? Because, you know, people that have never done it, don't understand, don't know special teams is that work. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just seeing the mindset of that type of guy, you know you had uh, a great guy in the room. Um, so when, when he had the opportunity to, to, to go in and, and, and start, um, it just – I think it just carried over. It just he, he's a think about it, he's a three time captain at Syracuse, right? Like he this is he's not it's not new to him. It might be new to everybody else, but this is not new to him. This is just who he is. And and so that's the beauty of of, of watching him lead and, and watching him uh, you know, just be a, a great teammate, a great person, a great player, because this is just who he's been. Uh, and and you know you you it's easy to to go in a room and when you have guys like Zaire that you can coach because you know they have the makeup of of what it takes to be great. Uh, and Cato, he's going to be listen. He's going to be pissed off. He's already not happy. Uh, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. You know that, right? You saw him tweet that yeah, out. I, he's not happy. Uh, oh, as he should be. She should be uh, unhappy because it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous to say that a guy for two years has almost led the league in tackles, um, has, has done it back to back. I can see, all right, one year, all right, it's, it could be a flu. Then nobody knows his name. And and may, maybe I don't know, maybe because he played the one o'clock games. I, I I don't I don't want to get into no conspiracy things, but all I know is when you know when I talk to him about stuff like I'm like, look, just keep doing what you're doing. You can't control that stuff, right? But what you can control is. Um, you know, what you do and how you, how you respond. And I, I think about a guy like, it kind of reminds me of that situation, almost like London Fletcher. I don't know if you guys remember, like sure. London was went years without, yeah, without right. getting the recognition he, he was supposed to get. And everybody looks at him now, like, man, this dude probably, you know, could be in the hall of fame, you know? And so 
it, it just happens sometimes. But at the end of the day, like I think that you can't worry about it too much. But it's hard to say because you do think about it. Like you do think, look, you want to be uh, acknowledged with the, the the best when you are the one of the best. <laughs> so it's, it, it, it is frustrating. But you come back next year. We're gonna come back next year. Get another another hundred eighty tackles. About probably like two or three picks. Take yep. one to the house. Yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be right. <laughs> You'd be good to go. Kato June with us yeah. here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, how will that party be if Reggie Wayne gets uh, gets into the Hall of Fame? How do you think epic. that party will be? Oh, it's gonna be epic. <laughs> uh, and and, and I, all I know is I I, t- I told him I said, look, man, we we got practices next day. Now understand that <laughs> we can't we can't pull it. It's gonna it's gonna be like oh six. Uh, it'd be like it'd be better than our 06 birthday party. We'll have to tell you that story later. You know what I mean? But that it'll be that. It'll be it'll be all of that and more. Sunglasses <laughs> abound on the practice field, certainly oh, that all, next all day. day. In the meeting. In the meeting. <laughs> They're gonna be in the meeting. Yeah. Oh wait, a lot of Gatorade trips for Coach Kajun uh, yeah, here on the practice on. field there today. I'm a Pedialyte. I'm a Pedialyte guy. Pedialyte. <laughs> there we go. There you go. It exactly. Works. Uh Kato, last one for me. And again, Kato June, uh awesome conversation here. Re- uh, thinking back on the Super Bowl win for the Colts, the Pro Bowl appearance for him, and obviously currently coach of, uh, assistant linebackers coach on Shane Sykin's staff. Um, when you look at EJ Speed, I, I think a guy that, you know, in a way, you know, it started on special teams and now you see the physical gifts on display. Uh, is there times that you look at him and think, dude, if I was blessed with your physical attributes, you know what I'd be doing with that? <laughs> no, I don't think of it like that. I just kind of make fun of him because it's like, you know, he he's just he's six three, he's fast, he's you know, two hundred and thirty pounds or whatever he is. Like it's just like one of those things like you look at like these dudes that are gift like that and, and they can go and, and, and make plays. You you kinda, you know, admire it. Not to say like I wish I had it, you know what I mean? Because I always I always make fun of the guy, Oh, you y'all can't do what we do in, in our short area. My short look at my short air quickness, right? And I'm down there trying to fake you know, knowing that if I move too fast I might pull a hamstring or something right now. So it's just like but you you, you look at guys like that, like EJ, man, he he's it's it's just another thing, like when guys get opportunities, right? And he's the same thing, he played special teams and was a playmaker on special teams, he was a demon. And, you know, he gets his opportunity. And sometimes all that takes is a guy to get his opportunity uh, to be a full-time starter. And as you saw the end, like maybe the last three, I think it was the last three games or so, um, he, he was the leading tackler. And, you know what I mean, just in terms of playing. He, he's going to always I – I call him I call him Mr. Third and Short, right, because it, it doesn't matter. Like when it's third and short, fourth down – you already know what's going to happen. He's going to make a play. He's going to TFL, knock the ball out. Like, he's just that's he's just a fearless type of guy. And and, and that's what you can appreciate and love about him because he's fearless. Um, he has athletic ability. He can make his playmaking ability, big-time playmaking ability. And now he's getting his opportunity that he got, didn't get in the first four or five years. So um, And now you're just seeing who, who he is. So it's just it'll be exciting to see those two guys out there. Um, full time the whole year next to, uh not tomorrow next year, um and and just watch the the amount of plays that they're gonna make it'll be fun. 
fun trip down memory lane with one of the Colts greats. That is Cato June from that Super Bowl run back in 2006. And then obviously talking a little bit about the current state as he is a member of the defensive staff under Shane Steichen. Coach, can't thank you enough. I know a lot of fun memories for Colts fans to reminisce about. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, hope the Senior Bowl treated you well. And uh, enjoy a little bit of quiet time here in the offseason. I appreciate it, man. That's Cato June right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Pop quiz, cluster truck gift cards were given away on top of that. 317-239-1070. So I think, Scotty, I've, I've read this over. There's a couple questions where Scotty's not wanting to uh, to give you a winner, winner, chicken dinner tonight. Uh, they're the middle finger emoji. Yeah, I don't know a, if they allow you to send them. that on the iPhone, but there's no. a couple of them that I think kind of look like it. So that's where Scotty's going. Again, a reminder. Whoever gets on the phone line, and this goes for the rest of the week, Cluster Truck gift card, $25. Yep. A lot of Cluster Truck is currently sitting in my belly and Andy Sweeney's and Corbin Lingenfelter's. Again, uh, downtown uh, through uh, Fountain Square to Carmel. Free delivery there. Pick up uh, 80 delicious entree options. Just an awesome, awesome place to check out. Cluster Truck. We're going to give you a twenty-five. And it's their, it's their gift stuff. Card. They're not the middleman. No, no, no. So they, they, it's their, their menu, yeah. their own kitchen, their own chefs. It's fantastic the stuff. Lazy burrito, tremendous Man. today. Thank you to Evan for dropping that. Yeah, off. I had a, um, I had the roasted chicken club sandwich. So that's like fake, fake healthy. It's got bacon and everything on it. Oh, it's it sounds healthy me, to me. Made me feel healthy with the grilled chicken that was attached to it. Dude, that was great. It was fantastic. The queso, uh, the queso you had uh, was great. The cookies, I've, I've already scarfed a cookie and a half. So. We appreciate it. Number one through eight on this Tuesday morning. Oh, you're going to make me choose uh, one through eight. Uh, you want to go three? How's that three. sound? Caller number three. Who we got? We have Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, good hey, morning. Guys. Morning. Hey, Bobby. How old are you, Bobby? I am 31. 31. Were you named after Mr. Knight? Uh, no, I was named after my grandpa. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense on that end. Bobby, you a cluster truck fan? I am. Okay. Well, twenty-five dollars gift card bucks, is coming your way. Uh, there's a little bit of a middle finger element to this pop quiz. We'll apologize up front, <laughs> and with that, good luck. All right. Question. All right, Bobby. Let's go. Question number one: The Pacers welcome the Houston Rockets to the Fieldhouse tonight. Who leads the all-time series? You got a fifty-fifty shot. Pacers or Rockets? Uh, let's go, Pacers. Am I seeing this right? By the way, I got food in my mouth. You sure, Bobby? No, I'm not now. Let's go Rockets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ooh, you okay? You got yeah. heartburn over there? Well, What's I going on with you? Halliburton's over-under on points tonight is 13 and a half. We got to hammer the over. Well, yeah, especially if we think he's going. Up I mean, we know he's going to play 22 minutes, right? Like, we feel comfortable right. with that. If the game is close at all, you got to think that number gets to 26, 27, 28. I mean, at that point, come on, 13 and a half, let's go, let's ride. Bobby, the Bulldogs of Butler are in Hartford to take on the top-ranked UConn Huskies tonight. This will be the 10th time the Dogs have faced the AP's number one team going three and six. That's pretty good in their previous matchups. Who was the last AP number one that Butler knocked off? UConn, Indiana, Gonzaga, or Nova? I'm going to say Nova. So that one's pretty obvious to me. All right, question number three. Last Sunday marked the 17th anniversary of the Colts beating the Bears in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 41. Who led the Colts in tackles in Super Bowl 41? Was it Cato June, Gary Brackett, Rob Morris, Antoine Bethea? 
Uh, I'm going to say Antoine Bethea. All right, number four here, Bobby. On this day in 1971, which American astronaut became the first person to hit a golf ball on the moon? <laughs> Alan Shepard, Pete Conrad, Ken Mattingly, or Jack Nicholas? These are worse than hockey questions. Well, just wait till you hear number five. All right, what are they again? I'm sorry. Uh, who hit the first uh, golf ball on the moon? Alan Shepard, Pete Conrad, John Rahm, or Jack Nicholas? <laughs> okay, not Rahm and not Nicholas. Uh, let's go Conrad. All right, question number oh, five. Dude. On this day in 1932. Live golf special. Coming to the moon. Hit a golf ball. Uh, on this day in 1932, an Olympic competition in this demonstration sport took place for the first time at the Lake Placid Games. Was it speed skiing, curling, sled dog racing, or is it ski-joring? Ski-joring. Which one was it? I'll give you As I said, Bobby, wait till number five. It wasn't ski-joring, which is water skiing on snow with horses pulling the skier, is what I'm being told. It was not that one. What was the first one? Speed skiing. Let's go with that. Bobby, who's your favorite athlete of all time? My favorite athlete of all time? Uh, Tiger Woods. Oh, oh really? God. Okay. I love that. Same as well. Are you, uh, I assume you're a big golf fan? Yeah, for sure. Gosh, I love that. Um, all right. I really wish Bobby would have done better. Granted, he's getting the gift card, so not all is lost with that one here. Uh, number one, number two, those two were correct, and that was it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. The answer to number three, who led the uh, who led the Colts in tackles in the Super Bowl against the Bears? That was Gary Brackett. Uh, had eight of those. Gary Alan Brackett. Shepard, sled dog racing, the final two. Bobby, stay on the line. You've got the cluster truck gift card coming your way on that one there. I thought Alan Shepard would have been the most recognizable of the of those astronauts. Yeah, so during the break, you and Scotty were like, oh, yeah, you know, it's Alan Shepard. I'm thinking someone's going to know that and then – we might get a guy who was like, I have no idea Alan who was Shepard, the first astronaut. Purdue product, Scotty, or no? How many astronauts that have been to the moon are Purdue grads? <laughs> oh, God, I have no idea. Scotty no says idea. seven. Did I hear that right? Seven. Seven? I mean, if that's the right answer, that's probably the most impressive question a, he's answered. I knew it was a decently high number there. On that, again, we'll continue to give away the cluster truck gift cards all week long. In addition to if anybody goes five for five, the oil change on top of that. Uh, I know I'm heavily biased. I would encourage everyone to check out the best of today. I think all three conversations were great listens. Purdue fans, you're going to want to hear Rick Carlisle from earlier. We also tossed him a trade deadline question, but a little Matt Painter combo, spur of the moment from Matt Painter. Bob Kravitz uh, and Cato June. Really enjoyed the Cato conversation, too, uh, looking back on some Super Bowl memories, talking a little Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed as well. All right, food coma time for me. Anything for you? Nothing. I'm going to bed. See you guys tomorrow. All right, everybody have a great, great Tuesday. We will see you on Wednesday.